Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Guess what day it is? It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Good morning, everyone, and happy Friday. From Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio, it is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Getting ready for the weekend, as Rebecca Black tells us. And a fun show coming up. We're going to talk to our friend Jay Delsing at the bottom of this hour. Mizzou Safety Joseph Charleston. Mizzou taking on Abilene Christian tomorrow. He'll be with us at 8.15. And then Lutz Fonensteel from St. Louis City SC will also be with us at 9.15. So a busy show coming your way. Kerry Davis, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I like that intro. It's it's Friday. Uh, it, it is. For those that we're didn't ready. know. Yeah. Yes. So we're, we're ready. And uh, the Central Hawks have a game tonight. We do. Against uh, Kirkwood at Kirkwood. 7 p.m., I believe. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just get on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going against Jeremy Macklin, Jeremy Macklin and his uh, his Kirkwood Pioneers, so it should be a good game. That'll be fun. Yep. Looking forward to that tonight and a busy football weekend, obviously. The Illini have the, the weekend off. Yes, they do, and, and get a chance to uh, get an extra, extra week of preparation for Chattanooga. Well, you got to be ready for gotta, them. Got to got to be prepared for them for next week. So I'm 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 sure they'll come out fighting. Chase Brown has done a great job thus far this season, and and I think they'll they'll keep that up. And it'll be a busy football weekend and a busy baseball weekend. The Cardinals with four more against the Reds after losing last night in dramatic fashion. It was actually a, a pretty fun game, but the Cardinals did lose by a score of three to two. And these are the kind of games, Kerry and. I get that you can't win every game, and you aren't going to win every game. But if you're trying to come back from four back in the loss column with 18 to play, you kind of need to beat the Reds. You do need to beat them. And, and right now they are 9-6 and six, uh, versus the Reds this season, which I, I would like it to be, you know, I would like more wins against a team that is struggling as bad as they are. Had an opportunity there uh, late in the game to, to take care of business, but just came up short. Yeah, the Reds scoring the first two runs of the game, but the Cardinals getting back into it in the bottom of the third inning with Paul Goldschmidt at the plate. 3-1 pitch, and he lines it fair inside the third baseline. One run is in. Here comes another. Goldie on a second. Relay to the plate. He is out at the plate. So it was a 2-1 game heading into the sixth inning. Luis Aquino with a long home run for the Reds to make it 3-1. to one. And then, Kerry, as the Cardinals are wont to do, they made it exciting in the bottom yeah, of the ninth inning. They did. First two runners reach, and you're thinking, okay, okay, we're down by a couple here, but we've got two runners on. We've got Goldie, Arenado, and Albert coming up. Well, Goldie flies out to center. Arenado with a base hit to center to make it a 3-2 ball game. And then the Cardinals brought Albert Pujols to the plate with a chance to win the game. I mean, if you've been watching baseball in the last month, you can't really throw him a fastball, can you? The 0-1. Albert hits it out to deep right, backing up Aquino. He'll make the catch. He's got a big arm and fires it into third and safe. Wow. 
The run scores. That's Donovan. Edmund tagging up from second to third. And Aquino showed off a cannon in right. So a 3-2 game, but... Corey Dickerson, who's been so great in the second half, came on to pinch hit. He grounded out, and the game ended 3-2 Cincinnati. How did you feel about uh, him pinch hitting for Tyler O'Neill in that moment? Were you were you okay with that? Yeah, it's a tough right-handed reliever, and I know O'Neill can hit everybody, but Dickerson's been really good. and It's just the old lefty-righty thing. Well, I didn't have a problem with it. The reason I asked that is because we were talking to Greg Amzinger yesterday, and he was saying how Tyler O'Neill, I think it was Greg, it was him mm-hmm. talking about Tyler O'Neill and him coming back and what he meant to this team, and, and if he's right and doing all of the things right, how much of a boost that gives this lineup. I thought that was interesting because I thought Tyler O'Neill, in that moment, I understand the lefty-righty thing, but I thought Tyler O'Neill in that moment, you're going to second-get, when it doesn't work out, right. obviously you're gonna. It's a hindsight is twenty twenty. But when it, I think that if Tyler, I just thought if it that was last an year's Tyler. You don't pinch it for him. If it's yes. last year's Tyler on September fifteenth, you don't pinch it. I for got him. you. I, I just thought that was interesting, just because of what Greg had said yesterday when we were talking about him yeah. and what he what he's going to bring this, for the rest of the season. And he needs to. Uh, and here comes Matthew. He needs to start to rock <laughs> and roll here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that was literally we sent out. I, I did a little audiogram on that because I thought it was so stark what he was saying. I mean, he said of all the storylines, he would love to hone in on the fact that if Tyler O'Neill gets hot, that's going to be the biggest thing. And I like how his point was essentially it's the biggest storyline because if that one plays out, it's the one that has the biggest effect on the Cardinals potentially winning a World Series because you talk about the, where the rotation's going, where the bullpen's going. We talked about that yesterday. If this offense gets that consistency and another bat besides Arenado and Goldschmidt would help with that consistency, this offense can beat anybody. And you get to the point where you talk about the Cardinals can beat anybody, especially with the way the Dodgers are just getting What'd you call him there? What'd you call, call, call Goldschmidt? I call him Goldschmidt. I call him Goldschmidt. My eyes lit up. Oh, really? Paul Goldschmidt. Okay. Hey, it, it was bound to happen. Uh, at some point. It's too early. 706. Yeah. So, not the greatest end closing line for Miles Michaelis. He goes six innings. He gives you a quality start. Six innings, three runs, all earned, five hits. He walked three, which is unusual for Miles Michaelis, and struck out two. Here's his manager on that performance. Last outing, his slider was a non-factor. Today was a good pitch for him. Um, difference in him going a little longer in that game is uh, seven three-ball counts. Pitch counts got up there pretty quick, but uh, overall was fairly effective with uh, everything he had. And here's the thing with Miles Michaelis. In August, he had a 5.75 earned run average, 2-2 two and two with a 5.75, at least in September and October. He's brought well September. He's brought that down to a 3.32 earned run average in his three starts. But once you reach the playoffs and once you're pitching against the Dodgers or the Mets or in the Cardinals' case, even if it'll be the Padres, you need to be dominant. A quality start is a wonderful thing, but you need to be more dominant than that come playoff time. Yeah, you and we talked about Miles earlier this week also in in terms of the number of innings that he's pitched and and maybe at some point getting him a a an extra day with a with a sixth starter in the rotation. I don't know if it's if it's fatigue. I don't know if it's you know it's late in the season and, and we're getting close to the playoffs. I I do want a fresh and healthy <laughs> Miles mm-hmm. Michaelis because we know when he's when he's on what he can do and what he's capable of doing. Um, I think these last few starts, like today, last night was better, but I think yeah. the last few starts before that were were you know a little shaky and and had some people wondering. But I I, I still think last night could have been better. I still. I, 
I told you. I told you before, Randy. I'm greedy. I want. I want it all. I want. I want the best thing you got every single time. And and I think that maybe just a, a an, an additional day uh, will help him in in a couple of in a couple of weeks. And like Ali said, seven three ball counts for Miles Michaelis, and that's unusual. What did Miles think? Better than my last one. Um, you know. Not great stuff. I didn't love my stuff, but you know, I kind of got through it. We played some great defense out there. Um, you know, try to work through it best I could. Uh, but I think I I can get better uh, going on to my next start. What's the biggest thing you'd like to work on? Uh, just command of everything. I feel like I'm a little all over the place right now. Just out of rhythm, in between things. Just trying to you know feel it out. Try to try to be better overall. Um, you know, try to try to land those breaking balls a little bit better. And it's hard to be good for six months. And, Kerry, as you know, because you played at the highest level in the NFL in December. And December, as we've seen here with the good Rams teams and the bad Rams teams, the last month of a pro sports season is a different deal. It is. I mean, you know, especially when you're winning and you know you're going to make it to the playoffs, you're trying to stay as sharp as possible, as healthy as possible, in preparation for for what's to come next. Because once you make it to the to the playoffs, that's completely different. That's a different animal from what you've done the entire season. I, you you built all of those things up to get to the playoffs, but once you get to the playoffs, that's a, that's a, it's a completely different thing from what you've been doing uh, for the three, four, five months prior to. And and so you want to have the right mindset and be prepared for it. I just think that these when I'm looking at the at the total innings pitched. Michaelis is number two, and mm-hmm. Wayno is number six, and in, you in, in, all, in, of in all of baseball. So you you can understand you you're starting to understand maybe why you're not seeing them as sharp. And as I said earlier, just giving them an extra day with the six sixth man in that rotation may give them an a, a extra day of of recovery, an extra day to get their minds prepared and and be ready to go uh, come playoff time. And you also have to look at the perspective of just his recent career because in 2020 in the COVID year he didn't pitch he had surgery last year he only throws 44 innings in nine games nine starts and as you mentioned this year 187 and a third so far yeah I mean um you know fastball's still kind of where it's been all year um you know feeling good trying to trying to take it easy on days I can take it easy uh conserve my energy and then you know give it everything I have uh every five or six days so it's tough for pitchers when they haven't pitched to in a year or two years, essentially for him, to get back up to that 200-inning plateau, which is what where essentially he is. Right. He will be at least at the end of the season. And we all hope that he gets as sharp as he can be at the end of this month and at the beginning of October. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's about preparing your body and your mind uh, for the playoffs. And, and obviously you want to be sharp right now, but I would rather you be more sharp come October when the, when it's all on the line and, and, and the games, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, get win or go home type of deal. Mm-hmm. So I definitely am, am looking forward to, I'm excited about what, I'm not excited. I, I feel a little bit better about last night um, and hopefully that's trending in the direction. We still need more from them and, and more from, from everybody in order to, to send to clinch this thing and, and send it out in the right way. Cardinals with Milwaukee having a night off last night. The Cardinals' lead is seven and a half games in the National League Central. And you've got game two tonight, and you can get back on the winning track on a Friday night. Cincinnati has TBD going. Timothy B. 
Durham? <laughs> I don't know. But he's going to face Jack Flaherty. And that's a 7.15 start at the ballpark. Enjoy that one. And, of course, you can see it on Bally Sports. We've got a busy football weekend for you here on 101 ESPN. Tomorrow at 10.30 in the morning, the pregame for Georgia and South Carolina. BYU and Oregon will play at 2.30. That one will be fun. Later in the show, we're going to have our over-under game for you. That'll be fun as well. And as we mentioned, Missouri and Abilene Christian. And here's where Mizzou is right now. Mizzou is on SEC Network Plus. Hmm. They aren't on real TV. You got to find them. <laughs> do you, you have to the, pay for SEC what it, Network it, Plus? I think you do. It's ESPN Plus. Oh yeah. well, yeah. So yeah, yeah you have to pay for that. That's where Mizzou is right now. Well, it, well I, listen, we won't blame it on Mizzou. We'll blame it on the opponent because had they been playing Georgia, they would be, be on, on big TV. There you go. So yeah. we, we, we won't blame it on Mizzou at this moment. Obviously, they didn't. Perf- they didn't show up last week. They struggled, but we won't. We will. This is a. This is a new week, Randy. It it's is a new. It's a new week. What happened last week does not matter, and we are going forward. This is my coach speak. We're going yeah. forward. Okay. Against Abilene Christian this week, we put last. We burned the tape. We put it behind us. We're gonna go forward. We're gonna come out. We got a game plan. Guys, prepare well. And we're going to take care of our business this Saturday. I like that attitude a lot, especially coming from an <laughs> Illinois guy. Greg McElroy, SEC Network, who won a championship at Alabama, who I have a lot of respect for. He knows what he's talking about. We've had him on the show before. Greg McElroy says Mizzou's players, among Mizzou's players, they have a lot of duds. Wow. And he said it's going to be a dismal season. Ooh. And I wanted to get your take on this. He said that... According to his information, Missouri had multiple players in their spring game that were sitting out because they didn't want to get hurt because they wanted to go to the NFL. He said that that tells him there's a culture problem at Mizzou. Yeah, I, I that's my first time hearing that. And as a as a coach, Randy, this, this 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 that just struck a nerve because as a coach, I want football players that do what play, play football. football. I, I, all of the other things because you're not going to go to the NFL. If you don't play football, if you don't show that you're worthy or capable of playing at the next level. So if you got guys sitting out a spring game when you have six months or five months until the next actual game, that lets me know who you are, what you are. And and you probably, Randy, I, I say this with a fair amount of certainty when I speak. Mm-hmm. You probably won't make it to the next level or sustain at the next level. You probably won't make it. That, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, see, I've, I've been around this thing mm-hmm. for a while. I've seen a thing or two. Mm-hmm. And if you are unable to play or participate in a spring game or anything football related, you don't want to practice hard. You don't want to go too hard because you're afraid of getting injured for, for the next level. Don't worry about it. The next level is not for you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Game is on ESPN Plus tomorrow. And hey, just go to Columbia. Mizzou and Abilene Christian. <laughs> Rock is up. Rock, look, Rock, Rock was shaking his head no the entire time. I was saying, like, no, I can't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I was going to say, it's at this point, I mean, if, if even if they were playing Georgia, it'd still be like 11 o'clock on the SEC network. It's not like they're getting 3 p.m. on ESPN anytime well, soon. I, but we'll blame the the opponent this week, not not Mizzou. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Gary Davis, Randy Carriker, Bethy Rocchio, and coming up, peak and pit of the week. Get yours into the Air Comfort Service text line six five seven eight zero on one hundred one ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on one hundred one ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio, and you get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780 for peak and pit of the week. I got a couple of peaks. Number one, first complete week with a CD in the opening drive. It's been great. Thank you. You made it easy and fun. Thank you, sir. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun on this show for the foreseeable future. And another peak is Adam Wainwright and Yadi Molina getting over oh, yeah. 325 yeah. on Wednesday night. That was very cool. And I was honored and pleased to be there along with about 47,000 other people. <laughs> it was cool. I, I, that was definitely a peak of the week. My peak was going to be our first week on the opening drive. Us three in this room for three hours every morning is is has been awesome. And, and I'm just looking forward to more time doing this and learning from, from the great Randy Carricker. I think we have a film, film session coming up. <laughs> soon where I, I get to break down a little Randy character film and, and learn some, go back to my old football playing days where I can break down film and, and really get some, get into the intricate details of, of, of this radio thing from, from one of the best to do it, uh, not only in St. Louis, but really in, around in the country. I think, I think Randy, you, uh, you, you, you are, you are the best and not just a radio person, but a man, a, a, a man, a great man. So I'm thankful to be here with you every morning learning and uh, having a great time. I appreciate that very much. And my pit of the week, and uh, I, I, this is a broad statement, and they're great, but my pit of the week is computers. <laughs> as, as, hold on, let me, let me set the scene. As Randy has a laptop on the table, yep. the keyboard for the actual desktop in his lap, he's trying, that Rocchio was over here trying to uh, open some form, some file to get something going right before the show started. Randy was sitting in another seat. So yeah, I, I can see how computers would be your pit. And because that's not, even the, that's not even the first thing. And you're right. The description is completely 100% correct but here's my thing so we all have computers in our cars right and my uh i've I've got an emission problem i've got a four-wheel drive problem i've got an engine light problem i've got another little eye on my dashboard all at the same time i know there's nothing wrong with the car i know it's a computer problem and i'm not going to take it in to get it fixed because i know i don't have all four of those things wrong with my car at the same time computers man we we were just talking about just technology in general and that leads me to my pit i i was i was just blown away by by what you just told us last segment about the mizzou players sitting out uh during the spring game for fear of getting injured for not the draft that was approaching but 2023 draft yeah. like you're going to that that's that's so I, my my pit is also technology but it's it's more social media and these young people who are I, I'm I guess I'm the old guy back now in back day. in my day we we went outside and played <laughs> from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Here we go and, and the the technology and how much time young people spend on phones and and social media it's not real it's 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 not real no one has that glamorous of a life and if they do you don't know what they did or how they got it so don't compare yourselves to them just live your best life the best way you can if there's a young person on their way to school that happens to be listening to this live your life the best way you can stay off the phone man ma'am either just stay off of it and i'll tell you what if you develop skills outside of your phone, outside of social media and texting, if you learn how to have a conversation, you are so far ahead in the world because a lot of your peers, and I know this sounds difficult to put the phone down because it's difficult for me. I'm 60 and it's difficult (laughs) for me to put the phone down. But a lot of your peers don't have the social skills that you'll have if you develop the ability to have just a normal face-to-face conversation, look people in the eye and talk to them. Learn how to look people in the eye and shake a hand and have a 
three to five minute conversation and, and then go about your day. You will go further in life than the person that yep. is not able to do that. How about that? I got a back in my day buddy now. <laughs> what do we yes. Matthew. Matthew's got his head in his hands. <laughs> what, what, it's, listen, it, it, it can happen at any age. My roommate, who is, a, who is precisely younger than me, actually, said, and I quote, kids these days with their phones, and I little good. Apparently you're 55 now, because wow, that was an old statement. As we just hammer texting, what do you got on the text line? There you go. Thank you everyone here for not listening to the olds on the show and keeping us young. Peak, I'm a teacher. I, and it's Friday, Pitt. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hey. I, that that thank is. Thank you for everything is, you yeah. do. Thank you, thank you yeah. for all of the work yep. that you do because yep. those I. I I'm a football coach, and I am around teachers every single day. And the amount of work that these teachers do to help young people and the amount of praise and reward that they get in return, is there is no comparison. So kudos to you for, for showing up every day. It is Friday, so enjoy it. Yep. But it is Friday, and you'll be back Monday. So yeah. enjoy it while you can. And we will get a text from the exact same person in May saying, Peak, it's Friday. And Peak, it's my last day There you go. September. There you go. <laughs> and see, Karen, see you, you got these kids too, but you know none of these teachers can say, "Hey, on the goal line." Yeah, <laughs> suicide. That, that, there, there is the difference. <laughs> That's yep. the big difference. Yes. <laughs> Peak, welcome, Mr. Davis. Pitt, goodbye, Michelle. Can we get a Mondays with Michelle segment? Uh, oh, we do. Uh, cool. I like that. I like, I I like, like that idea. Like Michelle's not getting up with us. On she Monday. she probably Monday, won't. <laughs> but Mm-mm. we'll find a we'll a figure a way. slot yes. for her. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Pitt grad school classes twice this week, and I got out late last night. But hey. Good for you for going to grad school, man. Indeed. Get to play golf today and tomorrow. Let's go. Congratulations. Have fun. Randy, you're looking looking quite fluorescent over there. Are you you playing a little golf today? I'm playing a little golf today. Heading over to uh, visit our friends at Whitmore and uh, play a a quick round of golf before the weekend. I've got a, uh, as you guys heard yesterday, we've got... uh, Little Lindenwood Lion tailgate tomorrow mm-hmm. for oh, Lions you, play a six Gamsinger. o'clock home game. Yeah. yeah, so that'll be fun. That'll be quite the quite the party. I haven't tailgated a football game in too long. It's been a long time it's, for it's me. It's been too. a long time for me. I think the last tailgate I went with went to was. It's been a long time as well. It might have been with Ryan Howard in Philadelphia. That's really good. That's a pretty good tailgate. That was pretty good. It was good. That's that's better than mine. The 45 random people no one's ever heard of I had my last tailgate with. So Uh, I actually, because you, pre-COVID, my son and I would always go to a Mizzou Road SEC game where the tailgating is fantastic. But then I try to make, to visit a friend of mine up in Green Bay, try to make a trek to Lambeau Mm -hmm. and the tailgating at Lambeau is pretty good. So I, I actually tailgated last fall. How, it's, it, it, what, what time of year was it when you went to Lambeau? October. So not not the not, not the freezing cold. yet. No, no. Okay, that's that's doable. Yeah. In in November or December, I just <laughs> that's probably unbearable. I so much enjoyed, Gary. <laughs> I so much enjoyed having a dome. And people would complain, "Oh, our terrible dome." Hey, you know what? You got an NFC Championship game and it's five below outside. Everybody enjoyed walking inside. Indeed. And yet the offense was pretty much like it was played like it was five below outside. 
Well, not then. The, the offense yeah, was played like it was 72. Yeah. It was the best offense in the history of the league. <laughs> the Indians yeah. that year. Played a, yeah. a little bit more like it was five degrees outside, but hell, it was a good game as, as we had uh, yeah. the man who made the catcher on yesterday. My peak was getting tickets to Wednesday night's game that I enjoyed with my nephew. My pit sitting in the parking lot for an hour and a half trying to leave after the game. Overall, was still a great experience. That is that is a pit. Mm-hmm. I mean, because when the game is over, you, you would like to just go home, most people, and... and yeah, it, that's that's a difficult thing sitting, especially if you're in a parking garage, and it it takes forever to get out. That is a that is a difficult thing. We we got to figure that out. Find yeah. a way to to allow people to get the heck out of there well, as soon as possible. As awesome as Kansas City is, it takes three hours to get out of there. Sometimes if you if you don't sit sit around and tailgate, yeah, it's. Well, a couple hours, not three, but it takes a long time to get out of Kansas City because there's only two ways out. It's it's really not great. Peak, my brother flew in from Texas to go to the Yachty Wayno record-breaking game with me, and he paid for box seat tickets. How about that? Pitt, my brother's flight was delayed until 7.20 p.m., and we arrived in the top of the fifth. Oh. No. No. Oh. Yeah. Flight delays are a hassle. That, that is, good. especially hey, now. Yeah, you kind of missed the uh, the whole important part of the yeah. game. Yeah, I missed yeah. the Yachty RBI. I got to see pools. You missed the first pitch. You missed the first pitch. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you missed the first pitch. That's rough. Yeah. That is extremely rough. Pitt, when you say, back in my day, my kids roll their eyes. Peak, (laughs) you guys know what that phrase means. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surrounded right now. Yes, do it. I can do Yes, I'm allowed to do back in my day. At this point, I like to to refer back to Don Draper in an episode of Mad Morning. He said, I bet there were were people back in the Bible saying kids these days. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So it's funny because sometimes I'll get, especially on the text line, Sure, Boomer. Like, Boomer is a negative thing. I go to work every day. I show up. I work hard. I can talk to people. (laughs) Why is that a negative? It's not. (laughs) Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. (laughs) Coming up, we're going to talk to our buddy Jay Delsing about what's going on. Man, the craziness in golf. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Our friend Jay Delsing hosts Golf with Jay Delsing Sunday mornings at 9 here on 101 ESPN. And Jay always joins us at this time on Friday mornings. It's always good to talk to Jay. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just enjoying that phonetic way of uh, that Rock was saying our first baseman's name. Just a ago. I really enjoyed that a lot. It's pretty good. Wasn't it? <laughs> it was bound to happen. Thank goodness it wasn't me. <laughs> me too. I thought I, my money was on me to screw that up. I'm just glad it wasn't. Hey Jay, there's a, a an ongoing lawsuit between uh, well the Live Tour has filed suit against the PGA Tour trying to get their players to be allowed to play on the the PGA Tour. I want to read you something from the Taylor Gooch contract, okay? And I want you I'm going to ask you a question after I read this to you, okay? The contract that Gooch signed specifies that he is an independent contractor, quote, and that nothing in this agreement may, may be construed or relied upon as evidence that the league operator or the team operator, i.e. Live Golf, as the case may be, is an employer, joint employer, and or co-employer of the player. Because he is not an employee of the Live Tour and is an independent contractor, does that mean, in your mind, that the PGA Tour has to allow a guy to play? 
Oh, hell no. <laughs> I didn't think so either. <laughs> I mean, guys, you can't force somebody to hire you. Right. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so so by the same token, you know, what, the reason that they went so overboard with that language, in my opinion, is to just make sure to know that, that, that they're independent contractors and they should be able to play wherever they want to play. But you certainly can't force someone to hire you then. Indeed, Jay. I, I just I'm I'm this live uh, PGA thing is 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 beyond me. Uh, Greg Norman said that Live has no interest in 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 a truce with. The PGA Tour shouldn't it be the other way around? I, I don't. I don't think that they have a a understanding of who is the lead dog in this situation. And and the ratings for Live has has not been great. The the turnout for events has not been great. How do they sustain if they're not getting the ratings or getting people to show up and no one's watching uh, compared to the PGA Tour? Uh, I, I mean, Kerry, I think I, I think what's happened is that we're splintered so much, and this has become so apparent. This is really a lot about Greg, and Greg uh, is is he's hanging his hat on the fact that he's dumped a bunch of money in golf, which he absolutely has. But he's he's splintered the game. He's when, what I wanted to do, Kerry, growing up, and, and you wanted to win Super Bowls. I wanted to be the best player in the world and play on the PGA Tour. I never thought about oh, I want to get a guaranteed contract. I've never entered the equation. So. What what and, and if I'm a sports fan, man, I want to watch the best players playing against each other in a tournament format as often as I can. And this whole thing, it, it, it just, you know, I don't know. I've gotten so many emails about Phil was right. So, so you're saying that the end justifies the means. I, I'm not there. I, there's a lot of different ways that you could have done this. And where we are right now in golf is a low point for me. I hate it. Jay, that was leading me to my very next question. What does this do for golf as a as a sport in, in total? Does it impact it as a, as a whole? I, I I think the the jury's still out. One of the things that's really done, Kerry, that I think will be a positive overall is it's getting Tiger's dander up a little bit. So Tiger is resting everything he cares about on the PGA Tour. He is not driven by money. He he is all about legacy, and so. When you start you start doing things that are going to reflect negatively or diminish the things that he's accomplished, you're going to get his attention. And I, I got to be honest, I, I, I'm a fan of our commissioner, but I really feel like our commissioner really looked like a lame duck in this thing. He looked weak. He he was he was overreactive. He was and instead of sitting on this for a minute and 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 having a, a super thought out response, everything we've done looks so knee-jerky to me, guys. And one of the things that I hate, and sorry for this rant about this golf, but what we've done, you guys, is create a cast system uh, with our sponsors. So now we're going to elevate these other events, and we have the majors, and we have, well, what if you're the, just pick a event. How about the Travelers in Connecticut? They've been a great sponsor forever. They do a great job with their event. The community supports that like crazy. And they're not going to be an elevated event. So how do they feel about their position on our schedule now? Yeah, good, good question. No, not, not at all. Not good. Uh, no, not great. Meanwhile, we can talk about positives because we had another successful Ascension Charity Classic over the weekend, and the job that the folks at Ascension and uh, Nick Ragone and and the staff have done over there, the job is phenomenal. And Jay, as you were around and we we talked about it, 
it really is like, well, it is a big time event, but I'm looking at all the tents. I'm looking at all the people saying this is probably like a regular tour event, the way it's set up and the way that people are responding to it. Oh, gosh, no question. I mean, what Nick, Nick Ragone's vision and, and his team, Steve Spratt, you know, Dan Sullivan at HN, and that's um, what they did to, to, to build that structure and to build all that hospitality. And then don't forget St. Louis as a corporate citizen. I mean, we turn out, it, it, it was amazing. I bet you I had 15 more players this year say to me, this feels like we're play, back up playing on tour because there are certain events on the Champions Tour, guys, where it's almost like you almost feel like you're at a high school golf event because you'll be standing on the tee and you'll be playing with Ernie Els and there's six people watching you. It's just a weird thought. It's just a weird yeah. look. But, man, all the people that turned out for the Saturday function with Coach Berube and Ryan O'Reilly. How about Ryan O'Reilly as a man and as a golfer and as an athlete? God, I just hate this guy. He's the best <laughs> two-way hockey player in the NHL. Did you see how far he hits his drive, Randy? Yeah. Oh, man, he just played great. He's amazing. And, Jay- and Ozzie Smith was just wonderful, just great. Jay, who is the who are some of the better uh, non-golfers but professional athletes that you've seen play this game? Oh, my gosh. Well, Brett Hull, Hulley can, can definitely play well. John Smoltz, um, you know, it's interesting. All of these guys want to are, are good players, but when they get – Paired with the tour players, they really get knocked down to to earth. Um, John Smoltz <laughs> is a really good player, but it's just these these tour players are just so much better than even a scratch golfer that it's it, it becomes pretty apparent. But um, uh, John Smoltz is is very good. Um, who am I? Who am I missing? Aaron Rodgers. Um, when I watched him on the the matches in his gosh, as boring as the last couple of matches have been. Aaron Rodgers looks like he can really play. I, he's just got such a weird persona. I, I don't want to throw him in there as good anything other than a quarterback. But he's, you know, he's got the man bun and he's got all this funky stuff going on. But he he really can play. Hey Jay, who do you have on the show on Sunday? I got Mike Claiborne, our our good buddy. Man, is he a storyteller extraordinaire? <laughs> so he, he tells some great stories. We needed to expand the podcast, guys. It, it, an hour wasn't long enough for Claiborne. <laughs> and uh, is Wild Crush open this weekend on this lovely weekend in St. Louis? Oh my gosh! Thank you for bringing up Wild Crush. It really is. Our patio is is rocking. We have live music tonight from seven to nine. And uh, yes, it, it's it's finally, Randy. We. We've been watching our beautiful patio from the inside out going, it's too cold, it's too hot, it's it's like a Goldilocks thing. Now it's just right. It's perfect. You can come out and uh, and have one with us. All right. Enjoy some wine over at Wild Crush. And, of course, just Google Wild Crush and you can get directions over there. Jay, have a great weekend. Thank you, sir. Enjoy the show, Kerry. You're doing a great job. Buddy. I, I appreciate it, Jay. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting with you. I took some lessons yesterday. I'm, I'm getting better every time. So uh, whenever you're ready, let me know. We can get together. Oh, yeah, the three of us will go out there. We'll yeah. get lost on the court somewhere. It'll be fun. <laughs> we'll we'll be, bring Rocchio, too. He'll let us, uh, he'll, he'll entertain us. There you go. He'll show us some more of that phonetic way of speaking. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780 for Take It or Leave It. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? 
put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text into 65780 and give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Kerry, a Michael Jordan jersey that he wore in game one of the 1998 NBA Finals, a Bulls jersey with an NBA Finals patch, sold at auction for $10,091,000. The number is shocking because Sotheby's, who conducted the auction, Thought it would sell for $3 million, but it, it sold for $10,091,000. I'm on another auction here on eBay okay, where I've got a 1998 Bulls Finals jersey. Buy it now for $44.99. <laughs> Take it or leave it. You'd rather buy the $44.99 one and tell people that Michael wore it rather than spending $10 million on the one that he did wear. Every day of the week. I, I'm taking that. I, $44, yes. <laughs> and this is actually the same jersey that the, he wore. It's even got the patch. This there you one, go. The, the one, the $44.99 one, is, it looks identical <laughs> to the $10 million one, except that Michael wore it. I, I'll take that. <laughs> Randy, you talked about uh, Mizzou football earlier and, and uh, Greg Mac. Roy calling them duds due to some of them not participating in the spring game for fear of injury uh, for for next year's draft. Take it or leave it. If you're not going to play in the spring game because you're afraid to get hurt, you probably aren't going to make it to the NFL anyway. So it's not really an issue. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. This this is not a bowl game after your last season where you're projected to be a top ten pick. And and the draft is you know the bowl game is in December. The draft is in April. You got four months to prepare. Mm-hmm. That is a little bit more reasonable. We're talking about a spring game that took place probably April of last year, of this year, and the draft will take place in April of next year. You got a full 12 months. What injury are you that fearful of having that you don't want to participate in a spring game? I would, you know what? I don't, I don't want to know who it is. I, I thought I, I yeah. initially I thought I wanted to know, but I don't want to know which player he was talking about. I just know as a team, as a, as a captain of a football team, uh, a college football team, if I had teammates telling me that, coach, he, you might as well get rid of him now. Uh, guys, bad news for you. Mel Kuyper doesn't know your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty right. Wait, let me, neither. So, so Anthony is. Th- <laughs> 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 Randy's chair just laugh. That was hilarious. Uh, so Anthony Stalter and I used to do the Rams po- uh, uh, draft. Draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, every year we'd do the draft, and by the sixth or seventh round, it would be some player from some obscure place that we had no clue we couldn't there was no film for us to watch there was nothing that we so we yeah he's a 6'5 310 pound offensive guard he 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 fits the mold he's he's good size we don't know anything I don't know if he's got good feet I don't know if he's got you know one leg shorter than the other I I don't know anything he's just a guy and so some of the Mizzou players when you talk about Mel Mm -hmm. Kuyper not knowing your name I know that feeling because Anthony (laughs) Anthony and I didn't know plenty of names come the 6th 7th round yeah here's the problem when you're covering the Rams draft 
is the Rams took one of those guys with a second <laughs> you pick. You might not know the first round. <laughs> second pick. <laughs> you, you didn't have that David Vibora scouting I, I, report? I ready? did not. I, I, he, he went to Idaho. Is that correct? Yes, so, did. There I did. Go. There you pulled go. That I pulled that out. Ooh, out yep. of thin air. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, you got the slide. Take it or leave it. How Tyler O'Neill performs in the playoffs will determine how far the cards go in the playoffs. I would leave that. I could see Paul Goldschmidt getting really hot in the playoffs and carrying the team like he did for most of this season. It will determine how far. I, I think I'll leave it as well. Um, you know, I think it will be a bonus if he's, you know, on a hot streak and able to mm-hmm. to, to get on base and, and create some havoc on the base pass. But I, I'll leave it. I think he's – if he's just good enough, I think the lineup is is – is very good around them that they can they can hold up and carry along those lines because of the pitching that you generally face in the playoffs. I think it's actually more important for Tommy Edmond to be hot than Tyler O'Neill because you got to manufacture runs. Yep, oh, that's a good point. Uh, this this one kind of weirds me out because I feel like this person might have like a, a bug inside the studio because this is the exact thing we were talking about yesterday. Take it or leave it. If Pools is sitting at six hundred ninety nine homers and the next game is on Apple TV, Marmol sits Pools against the against the Dodgers even if it's a lefty. I think he has to. I don't think you do. I, I, you you don't get an opportunity. First of all, it, 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 I think it is a lefty that he's pit, that he's that, that, that's playing. That's the way it'd stack up right, right now. Right now. Yep. Yeah. So it is. There is no way you can you can answer that question as to why you sat him because the fans in St. Louis didn't get to see it. Hey, I'm sorry about that. I, I apologize that this game happened to be on Apple TV and you don't have access to it, but there are going to be some highlights, plenty of them on SportsCenter or all different types of uh, news channels, media outlets throughout. <laughs> you can watch it on uh, uh, on Twitter at some point, I'm sure. You can't sit him because of what is taking place or who's not able to watch. I wonder if Manfred's relationship with Apple would be strong enough that he could go to them and say, look, We'll give you another great game. You've already got Boston and the Yankees early that night. We'll give you another late game. And we'll give you a great game later in the season. But we need to put this game on MLB Network because of yeah. Albert being it, a 6 it, it, A flex situation where yeah. they flex it to another network. Yeah, You have to figure something out, but, but Ali cannot sit him. Solely no, for the fact the you, you got to try to win the game, and and it's a left-handed pitcher, it's supposed to be. So mm-hmm. you got to play him. Yeah, I'm unfortunate. I think I'm with Karen this one. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals will be in the same place slash record this year if Mike Schultz was still the manager. I'm going to take that. Oh. I, I was. I, I did want to. I, I wanted to pick your brain about you know the comparison of the two. I I think I'll leave it. I, I and I say that not that that Schultz was a a bad person, but I think. Ali's personality for for this group, for this young crew that is being ushered in, for the older guys that are that are you know have said they're on their way out. I think he's the perfect fit. The record, eh, it it might be the same. It might be so. I guess I'll take the record being mm-hmm. the same. But I think that Ali is a better fit for this group of guys. I do believe in just watching the way that the team is run. And Ali isn't filling out the lineup by himself. He has right. help from the analytics department in the front office, but. Three years ago, Randy Rosarena didn't play at this time of year. And the thing was, we don't want to put him in a pennant race. You see Alec Burleson now. This right. is a couple games in a row where, where Alec Burleson has been in the lineup, who's the exact same situation yeah. that a, Ro- a Rosarena was in, what, 29, yeah, 2019. And the Cardinals traded him, obviously, after that season. So th- his treatment is a little bit different. I kind of think, though, that 
where we'll see the big difference will be in the postseason. Mm-hmm. That there were things that Schilt did during the season that, or during the postseason that led the Cardinals to believe that they couldn't get over the top with him. And maybe Ollie will treat the postseason a little bit differently. Take it or leave it. You're excited about the weather heating up this weekend and next week because Goldschmidt and his bat love the hot weather. Take it. I'll take it. Yeah, although the Cardinals it, are going to be on the road. Although you don't know how long. I mean, it says it's going to be warm, but it's St. Louis, so who knows? Could be snowing in two days. It easily could. <laughs> take it or leave it. This cool off by the Cardinals is coming at the right time. Get the dead arm out of the way. Get everyone refocused and start that engine up for October. 100% take. See, I, I'm going to leave that. And I, I just because I don't, I mean, obviously, if you're going to be cooling off, you would prefer it be before the playoffs as opposed to in the playoffs. But I don't want to cool off. I just don't want to cool off at all. I want to stay. I, I don't need to stay red hot, but I'd like to stay lukewarm, Randy. Just, okay, just yeah, enough. They're, they're lukewarm now. Yeah, okay. Well, he, the, the texture said cold. Yeah, they're. they're I, I don't cool. think this team can get cold. I, okay. I think they're too good. I think they have too many good players. So, so really lukewarm. Cold. Uh, lukewarm is cool. it's lukewarm is still yep. edible. When it's cold, it's not. You don't want to touch it. I do want them to show something next week at San Diego and at LA Tuesday through Sunday next week. I think that's really important. But well, not really important. But I just like to see them show something because those are really good teams. Yeah, that you will and, see and that playoffs. you will see in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, specifically, this is what I'm hoping. Some I'm hoping this person has a good game against those teams. Take it or leave it. Miles Michaelis has not been the same pitcher since he lost that no hitter. Ooh, good Ooh. thought. Yeah, I'll, wow. I'll, I'll take that. I, I think I'll take it as well. I think, as I said earlier, I think it's just the the amount of innings that he's pitched. He's number two in all of baseball mm-hmm. at this point. And if you get him an extra day with a with a six man with a six man rotation, that you know, just to give him a, a, an extra day off, I think he'll he'll reset. Him and Wayne will more than likely reset. He went eight and two thirds in that game, right? Yep. It's just crazy how he's dodged anytime they've had it, it, even like a slightly good team. Except for the one Brewers game, his last ten starts have just been against. The, every time there's a bad team, he pulls the bad team, and so I'd love to see him get a good, solid start against the Padres uh, or the Dodgers, just to you know solidify him against a team they're going to see in the playoffs. In his next five starts after losing the no hitter, he had he had four out of five, five out of six quality starts. Uh, even better than that, one, two, uh, let's see, two out of three. Three out of four, four out of five, five out of six. So, yeah, five out of six quality starts after losing the no-hitter. The delineation mark seems to be the all-star game is where things kind of fell off. But, hey, everybody is going through the dead arm period. It's a long season. And hopefully, uh, because I'm with you guys, I I think that skipping him a start or two or or at least giving giving him an extra day of rest would be beneficial for him. Tiger is eligible to play in the Ascension Charity Classic in four years. Take it or leave it. We see Tiger at the Ascension. I'm going to leave it. Yeah, I didn't get enough of a positive vibe when I asked that question <laughs> over the weekend to lead me to believe that that's going to happen. Thank you, Matthew. God, that would be incredible. Though. Thank you, Randy. Cardinals fall last night to the Reds by a score of 3-2. to two. So what do they need to do over the course of the next four against Cincy? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnooks Rewards. It pays to shop at Schnooks. Download the Schnooks Rewards app today. It is 8 
5 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It is the opening drive with Carrie Davis and Randy Carricker. It's great to have you with us. And Carrie, as the Cardinals play the Reds these next four games, one of the things that we saw against Chicago is that teams that sell at the deadline, they just don't have as many good players. Mm-hmm. And the, Card- the Cardinals need to take advantage. The Reds they, they traded Luis Castillo. They traded Tyler Molly. They don't have the starting pitching. They have a, a TBD tonight. They aren't the same team they were before August 2nd. This is where the Cardinals, and last night, by the way, was one of those games too, but these next four games are where the Cardinals need to take advantage of a team that disassembled. They traded uh, Suarez and Winker before the season even started. They traded Sonny Gray before the season even started. The team for a Reds fan, I'm sure, is not even recognizable. So, as far as I'm concerned, the Reds quit, and the Cardinals are going for it. And over these next four games, Cardinals really have to beat up on the Reds because the Reds asked for <laughs> being beat up on at the trade deadline. Yeah, you you definitely, your teams in your division, teams that are not good, yeah, that, those are the games, the games and the times where you boost your record if it was earlier in the season but it's also a time now where the 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 Brewers are going to to New York for a series with the Yankees and the Mets it's an opportunity to close out that mm-hmm. also so get that portion of it done if you go 4 and 5 in this series it doesn't look as bad as what happened last night now if you go if you lose 3 out of the 5 and, and somehow allow these Reds to hang around in games and 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 make it close, or even make it you know uh, uncomfortable. Then you start to worry or or just just feel a little uh, feel, feel a little bit of uneasiness because you want to, as I said, as you said, teams that are not good, they sold everything, they 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 are not competing at this no. point. You should not allow them to be in ball games, and you should take them out early. And that's what good championship teams do. They don't play down to the competition, they play up, they arise, and if they're a poor team that they're playing, they beat the hell out of them mm-hmm. and, and have fun doing it. Ten runs. Those are the games, those stat games. Teams that are not good, those are stat games. So, four out of the next five, if they're able to win these next four, then then I feel much better about this series. I would not feel serious. I would not feel good if they lose three, even if they lose two of them. I still wouldn't feel good. I, I want them to sweep the rest of this series mm-hmm. and go for four out of five. Now, as you know, I have a ton of respect for every single Major League player. And I've given you the numbers before, but I'll I'll update it today. There have been 22,835 men that donned a Major League Baseball uniform and played in a game. All right? But there has to be a group that isn't as good. Jack Flaherty was out on rehab assignments earlier this season. I would guess that he probably faced lineups in rehab stints that were what he'll face tonight against the Reds. It is getting to that point for Jack Flaherty to start ramping up and being, if he's going to be what every, Tim Kirkton told us the other morning, he said, the Cardinals get Jack Flaherty back to what he is capable of being, look out. It's getting to that point where Jack Flaherty needs to be that guy. Yeah, I, I mean, and I'm not saying tonight. Yeah, but he's ramping up. He's ramping up, and he's he's he needs to be headed in that direction. You want to see him, you want to see the Jack Flaherty that we've come accustomed to, and and that we love the healthy young man that 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 is able to be an ace of any staff. And if he's able to start ascending in that direction, it gives you it gives you a little bit more hope and 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 excitement 
going into the playoffs. Well, I do, you know, obviously coming off of the injury, not knowing the first start, not knowing what you were going to get out of him, but you saw something really good. Now you get a little bit more excited. You want to see more from him. You want to see that that ace type of player. So tonight is a, is a, is a great opportunity for him to play against a not-so-great be- baseball team and get his thing going in the right direction. Now, we talked about Alec Burleson in the last segment. He started three of the last four games for the Cardinals. He has a hit in two of those games, was 0 for 3 last night. But I'm, I'm wondering if the Cardinals want to take a look at Burleson with the thought process that maybe he'll play in the playoffs. Dylan Carlson's going to head out on a rehab stint soon. And Dylan Carlson, it's it's a thumb injury, so you don't know with a hitter how he's right. going to respond to that. They appear to like Donovan now at second base. Gorman has not played the last few games. I wonder if they're looking for Alec Burleson to be that, that left-handed bat. They've tried a lot of left-handed yeah. bats this season. But I wonder if, it, as we sit here in mid-September, if they're still looking for that guy and they want Burleson to show himself. Well, from by all accounts, what he did in, in the minors, you you feel like his bat will travel. He yeah. will be able to make that transition and, and play at that high of a level. He made a great play in the outfield last night, which tracking down that ball uh, that, that looked like it was going to get past him and get over his head. If he's able to be that left-handed bat that you can you can count on to, to – even if it's if, if it's not in a starting role, if it's in a pitch hitting role, allow him to come in and make those hits and, and face those right handed pitchers. I'm a, I, I'm I do want to see who he is if he if it does travel if it does carry with him because like you said it it did he did do it at a minor league level at a high level so that's why he's here that's what is what that's what's expected of him and that's what they need in on this ball club right now and ultimately what they do need is to have the Dylan Carlson that has performed at a pretty high level for a couple of months at a time. It's been a while since Dylan Carlson has been a representative player, the guy that you say, okay, we can plug him in in the outfield every single day. But the regardless of what Alec Burleson is, Dylan Carlson kind of needs to become that guy for the Cardinals to be what they're capable of. Because ideally, if you have a maxed out I won't even say maxed out. I think Dylan Carlson can be a guy that is a, a 350 on base, a 420 slug, so an 800 OPS guy. I think that's what Dylan Carlson can be. If you have Edmund at the top of his game mm-hmm. leading off and Carlson hitting second, then Goldie, Arenado, and O'Neill, then I think your top five are really, really good. But you, as you said earlier, it's a thumb issue. So yeah. you, you don't know... I mean, especially once it gets cold, <laughs> holding that bat, hitting the ball off the end of it, it, it may impact his hands, may impact his thumb. You have to see if he's able to come back and, and do it at that level because injuries to your hands, when you got to hold on to something, <laughs> it's going to be a difficult oh, yeah. task to, to, to hold. So I, I'm just get him back healthy and see if he's able to do it. And, and then we know that his bat will play. Because we, we trust that his bat will play. So get him back healthy and, and get him back in the fold and see how it goes. And if we just look at this year, he was, and this is going back to Dylan Carlson, uh, he had 74 plate appearances in May. Hit 314, 351 on base, 486 slug, 837 OPS. A 937 OPS in June, 71 plate appearances, 288, 394, 542. I expect him to be kind of in between there, but his last three months that he's played, 692 OPS, not 
acceptable for an outfielder. 650 OPS, and then his game in September, he uh, it doesn't matter. He only had five plate appearances, and uh, his OPS is 200. But somewhere between that 837 and 937, if I could get a uh, if if I could get uh, eight fifty out of him, I'd be really happy. So who is your who is your starting outfield? I mean, with if he's healthy, based on the talent of yes. the players right now, are we talking a healthy? Yeah, healthy Carlson, okay. healthy okay. Carlson, healthy O'Neill. So okay. those are two of them, Carlson okay. and, and, and O'Neill. And I still think Kerry. The Lars Newtbar is there for me. I think he's earned the right to be yeah. there just by what he's done this season. If Carlson isn't healthy, does that mean Alec Burleson is 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 your guy? I think it's a coin flip between Burleson and getting Donovan out there and hoping that you can get what you need at second base out of Nolan Gorman. But I'm mm. concerned about the defense that, in the playoffs. That, that was going to be if, if you move Donovan out there. What what does that do up the middle? Because yeah. you you now you're you're maybe lacking something up the middle in the infield, and we should not dismiss Corey Dickerson, who's been as of the other night, as of two nights ago, in the second half of the season, he was leading all of baseball and hitting in the second half. Mm-hmm. So that's another option for right. Ollie out there. It, 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 we, it's good to have options. I would like to know which three guys are going to be the three that that, that do it every night. Hopefully. Hopefully we'll see that healthy Dylan Carlson. That's Carrie. I'm Randy, and that is today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Mizzou with Abilene Christian at Columbia tomorrow. We're going to talk to Mizzou Strong Safety Joseph Charleston next on 101 ESPN. You love your You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis with Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. And new Mizzou strong safety number 28, Joseph Charleston, joins us. Good morning, Joseph. Thanks for taking some time. Yep, yep. I appreciate you having me. How are y'all doing? Everything's great here. Uh, For those that aren't aware of it, you transferred to Mizzou from Clemson. What made you choose Missouri? Uh, Just coming on my visits and meeting the coaches and, you know, having uh, to have some time around the coaches and the players, you know, it just felt like home and it felt something uh, that a place that I'd be real comfortable at. um, And it just felt like a place that I would want to be at. Now, Joseph, I played with one of the, arguably one of the greatest strong safeties to ever play the game in Troy Palomalu. I also played a lot of games against one of the best (laughs) free safeties to ever play the game in Ed Reed. I've heard that you're capable of doing both. Which one do you prefer more, being down in the box making those big tackles or or being that single high safety uh, tracking those balls down and making hits on receivers or picking them off? Um, I mean, me personally, I like I like um, being being back. I kind of like being back there, you know, uh, showing my range and stuff like that. Um, but I, I, I honestly, I like doing both. You know, mm-hmm. I did I did a growing up, you know, especially in. Pop Warner and stuff like that. They didn't really throw the ball too much when you're young, so you had to learn to tackle at a young age. Um, so I like I like doing both. And one of the cool things, Joseph, about the two guys that uh, that Kerry mentioned, they can play in all three zones. They can defend the pass, they can play the run at the line of scrimmage, or blitz the quarterback. You have a, a defensive coordinator in Blake Baker that was the safeties coach. What does he allow you to do in this scheme? Right, he just allows me to play fast, and you know he tells me to. Uh, 
uh, use my instincts and then let my athletic abilities take over. So he just tells me to play fast and play sure of myself. Um, and when I see a play and I think that, you know, my eyes see something, he tells me to just uh, make the play and, you know, don't hesitate. That's pretty cool because a lot of times if you're thinking, you do hesitate. So to be able to use your instincts makes the game so much more fun, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, way more fun. <laughs> So, Joseph, what was the the, the toughest uh, transition from from coming from the Clemson defense to this Mizzou defense? What were the, some of the things that you had to learn and and pick up, whether it be the terminology or or just the defense and overall? Yeah, um, I mean, I would say I was in that system for you know three years, so I knew a lot of the terminology uh, is a little bit different. So you know, coming here, I'm using certain words that other people don't use, and they're using words that I didn't use. So I had to you know get up to speed with terminology um, that's been in place here um and you know i just i would say i knew um it's just coming into a new environment you know um but i have no i have no nothing bad to say you know i I love it here and and joseph you talk about a new environment this is a big change you have to move physically you're at a new school you've got a new team there's a, a lot of different things that you're dealing with and a lot of guys do it but we don't ask about it much what's the biggest part of the adjustment of going into the transfer portal and then going to a new school and a new team um, yeah, so for me, the transfer portal, um, I would say, uh, you know, coming out of high school, it, you get recruited. Like, I started getting recruited when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, so I had a couple years to make my decision. Um, but the transfer portal, you only have a couple months, um, if that. So, you know, you kind of have to make your decision a lot faster, take your visits and be more proactive um, in the recruiting than you were in high school. Um and then, I mean, I would say getting here was just, you know, me. I knew all the people um, there. Uh, so, you know, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't say that was a struggle. Though I looked forward to getting to know new people. But um, there, I think that I just knew a bunch of people since I was in high school and stuff like that. Um, so we already knew each other when we got there. But here, you know. I had to get to know new people and stuff like that, but I look forward to that. Now, now, Joseph, I want to take you back to your high school and, and your time in Milton, Georgia, and you all being the 2018 7A state champions and the first time in the program history. Tell me about that experience, and, and I'm sure you have friends from that team that you still talk to and probably some some rivals that you, you hang that over their head when you all get together. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, that, that year is fun. There's a lot of people that uh, came out of Georgia that year and even on my team that um, are still playing ball and they're still playing. Uh, so I've talked to them a lot and it's always just fun talking about because it's, I don't know, it's something about when people from Georgia get back together, they always are competitive about, you know, high school ball and whose team was better and what year had the best football in that state and all that stuff. So, you know, it's real fun getting back talking to uh, the people about it. And how big of a deal is it in that state, a football-mad state like Georgia, to be on the team that is the first to win a state championship? No, yeah, I think I think it's I think it's really really cool. You know, they it was crazy because they actually in my uh, in the city of Milton they named a, a day after that state game, so it's like Milton Milton Football Day or something <laughs> like that, um, which is pretty cool. Um, but no, yeah, it, it's just real cool. I actually have a tattoo of the ring on my on my leg, but. Yeah, it's real cool. It's just it's just cool to, you know, 
look back and think like we really did it, you know, because it was the first time. So, yeah, that's awesome to have a have a day named after the football game and the and the championship. You all, uh, it's something that you will remember for the rest of your life. Trust me, I'm I'm 41 mm-hmm. and I still talk about us winning state my sophomore year. So it, it's something that you yeah. carry with you for a long time. Hey Joseph, going right. into this weekend, you all looking to bounce back versus Abilene Christian. Uh, what do you all need to do defensively uh, to make sure you keep them off of the board and and maybe get some turnovers to to help that offense get rolling? Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I mean, you know, just like me, we, you know, football is the game of of momentum. So, you know, we need to start fast and get the good energy and good momentum going fast. And if we can do that, I feel like, you know, we'll have a really good chance to play a good game um, and finish the game strong. Um, But I just think it's about starting fast and getting the good momentum and good mojo on our side. And I have to believe, and we didn't talk about it much, but being on the road and having to deal with two rain delays was a, a real drawback, I would think, for Mizzou. How did the the rain delays affect you guys last week? Yeah, I mean, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it affected us in a big way. Just just because I would say that Kansas State was playing under the same conditions that we played under, um, except them being at home. But other than that, you know, they had they were playing in the rain. They were playing in the rain delay too. So I wouldn't say that it was a drawback just because the sides were fair. It was fair on both sides. You know, they, they were getting rained on. We were getting rained on. So I wouldn't say that it was a drawback. A couple of things more for Joseph Charleston, the starting strong safety for Mizzou. Chemistry in the defensive backfield is so important, and especially between the two safeties. How have you and Jalen Carley's been able to meld and develop chemistry? How has that process gone? No, yeah, I, I I think that me and Jalen have a really good respect for each other. You know, when we're out there, we're always communicating, and I think that that's good because that leads that leads to us being uh, forming a bond off the field too. You know, and I think that that started since spring. You know, we had spring football. Uh, we started spring really early compared to other schools. So right when I got here, we were jumping into practice, um, and I think that that kind of helped us build a bond, you know, and develop a respect for each other because we see uh, the talent that we both have and what we can do. So I think that we both have respect for each other, which is really good on the football field. Who are your buddies? Who do you hang with on the team? Um, well, so you were talking about some people where we talk about back in Georgia playing each other in, you know, high school and stuff like that. So um, Tyrone and Tyron Hopper, they went to my rival school. So we used to play them, and we used to go back and forth. So I've I, I've been uh, pretty close with them. Um, you know, Rillis George, uh, Drayden, Norwood, DJ Coleman, um, Josh Landry, guys like that. Uh, I've I've gotten close with. And Joseph, one last thing: you played in one of the great college football atmospheres in the country when you were with Clemson, but you got a chance to experience a little bit of what Mizzou has to offer in that opener. How good can the atmosphere at a Mizzou game be? Now the atmosphere can be great. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Like I, I, I thought that that atmosphere I couldn't really hear hear myself making the calls or anything like that. I thought the atmosphere was great. Um, and I think that we need that. I think that we feed off of that during home games. So I think that we need that. Uh, so if you're out there listening, come come to some more games. We loved it. <laughs> but, no, I thought the atmosphere was great. Um, I thought that, you know, we definitely fed off of that. Um, and I think that was a big reason, you know, that helped us get out early and jump out early. So I think that 
if we can have an atmosphere like that every home game, that'll help a lot. Well, we're looking forward to Saturday against Abilene Christian. We thank you so much for your time. Congratulations mm-hmm. on, on your start. Have a great year, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to do this again. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. That is Mizzou Safety Joseph Charleston joining us from Columbia, Mizzou, and Abilene Christian tomorrow. For tickets, just call 1-800-CAP-PAUSE or go to mutigers.com. It's a get-right game for them. It really is. It's a get-right game, to. an opportunity to settle some things, get some things straightened out, um, get the ball in the playmaker's hands, and, and block up front and tackle. And, and those things generally win games. Do you think that it's reasonable to ask a 21-year-old guy who played at Clemson, knows about winning, mm-hmm. To have to take a leadership role and say, hey, guys, to get right, here, listen to me. Uh, I'm going to play my game, but here's how we do it. Yeah, I think it doesn't matter, you know, where you came from, how long you've been at a place. Leaders take lead. They they don't need um, a bunch of people telling them how to go about it or when to do it or where to do it. You know, I think a, a guy that comes in from a from a different school, it doesn't matter if you've only been there for, for a few months or if, if it's a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You have to find leaders in that locker room to to make sure that everybody is doing their job that is being asked of them and not, you know, holding everybody holding up their bargain, their, their, their part. Um, and if not, then you're going to have a tough time winning games. It's the old Bill Belichick, do your job. Do right? your job. And if you if everyone does their job and if you have as a coach, Randy, mm-hmm. I, I prefer teams that are player led, that have team that have guys on that team that will uh, speak to their teammates, hold their teammates accountable so that I don't have to do mm-hmm. all the talking and yelling and, and the reinforcement. The team does it itself, and those generally are the teams that have a lot of success. Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we need a fighter for a Friday edition of The Fight here on 101 ESPN. Text in the word FIGHT to 65780 if you'd like to participate today because the fight's coming your way next. On You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight! In the red corner, average Joe listener! And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive! Please welcome Randy Carricker! To the, welcome back to the opening drive. I am Kerry Davis, and it is time for the fight. We are ready to roll, Rocky. Oh, you, you, you ready? I'm always ready for the fight. I love doing the fight. Uh, I know that I know the listeners love the fight. I like having fun with the questions. Sometimes I think I have a little too much fun with the questions. Uh, this week I've been. I haven't, you, you I haven't found tra- my. You, I don't want to say get in trouble, but I know I get myself in trouble. No, there's, <laughs> that's definitely the way to describe it. I get myself in trouble. I get too cute. Uh, which just happens with me, um, but yeah. So then, I, I think this week I've been too hard. I've been too easy, and I do not think I found the middle ground for today. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. guys. Sometimes Randy has a glare when he he. The funniest thing for me is when when Randy gets the answer wrong, Rockio goes and checks to make sure he got the answer right. Well, if the scary part is when he goes <laughs> off the top of his head and his answer is none of the three options I I listed, and I'm like, oh no, this is not good. Oh, well, joining us today, Mike. Mike, thank you for joining us. How are you this morning? Yep, I'm great. All right, Mike, you ready to roll? I am. Have, have you have you prepared? Have you studied? Mike's been preparing for years. He, when we asked for a fighter, he said he's been trying to get in here for years into the fight, and this is his first time. So, well, Mike, I hope you're ready. Congratulations. I, I hope so, too. All right, Mike, let's go. <laughs> The Chiefs have won the AFC West six years running. The last time they didn't win, being 2015, 
Which AFC mm. West team won that won the division that year? Was it the Oakland Raiders, San Diego Chargers, or the Denver Broncos? I got to go Broncos. I believe that was the Super Bowl year. All right, we talked to Tony Baselli yesterday. He was the left tackle for that Jaguars team that reached the AFC title game in just their second year ever. Who was the starting quarterback on that 98 Jaguars team? Was that Mark Rippon, Chris Brunel. Chandler, or Mark Brunel? Brunel. He didn't even need it. didn't even need it. All right, Mike, I like it. There we go. All right, Mike, which – I'm old enough. You're not, you're, you're, hey, you're not old enough for this next one, buddy. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> which NFL Hall of Fame quarterback has the lowest touchdown total among starting quarterbacks in Canton? Is it Bob Waterfield, Otto Graham, or Sid Luckman? That was the lowest what? Lowest touchdown total among starting quarterbacks in Canton. It was Graham, Luckman, or who? Waterfield. Uh, Graham was good enough. We'll go Waterfield. I don't even know. That's the only one I didn't know. All righty. And Roberto Clemente hit 240 home runs in his career, with two Hall of Famers being his most common victims with six each. Ferguson Jenkins was the righty who allowed six to Clemente, but which Hall of Fame lefty also allowed six home runs to Roberto Clemente? Was that Mike McCormick, Sandy Koufax, or Warren Spahn? Spawn, I feel, was too old. Um, Kofax was too good. We'll go with the first one. All right, we will double check our score. Double check our score, and we will rave Randy in. Mike, how you feeling after that? Okay. Uh, you you have you. I think you might. You did pretty good. Mike. Yeah, all those we'll, we'll, all those years of we'll, waiting. All those years paid off. off. And you've obviously been listening to Randy and understanding how the how the what he said the process goes the process, in, yes. in in process I of do. elimination. Yeah, you, you you we'll see how it goes. Randy is 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 here. Randy, say hello to Mike. Mike, good morning. How you doing? Morning, great. I'm just dropping the girls off at school. Awesome, great. We appreciate you listening. Thanks for playing, and uh, glad you were able to get in here at the last second. Get over. <laughs> I, I, I gotta ask before we get started, Mike. Do they enjoy listening to, to the? Do they enjoy listening to the show whenever you have to drop them off at school? They used to because we the times work out with the gauntlet and the the gauntlet and the fight for mm-hmm. pickups. They used to fight it, but now they realize that it's just gonna happen. <laughs> it's a way of life. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Building P ones. That's what I see. Yeah, the oldest knows the whole intro thing, too. That's fun. I love that. All right, Randy, you ready? I am ready, sir. All right, the Chiefs have won the AFC West for six years running. The last time they didn't win in 2015, which AFC West won the division that year? So it wasn't the Chiefs. Chargers, Raiders never won, so it had to be the. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, wasn't that John Elway or not John Elway? That was longer ago. Peyton Manning's last year. I think they uh, they won the Super Bowl that year. So I will go with the Denver Broncos to have won. <laughs> John Elway. Well, this is more like a John Elway time. We talked to Tony Baselli yesterday. He was the left tackle for the Jaguars team that reached the AFC title game in just their second year ever. Who was the starting quarterback on that team? That was Mark Brunel. Baselli's right. best friend, by the way. Baselli said during his Hall of Fame speech, best friend. He was his introduced. Hey, that's a good person to have as your best yeah. friend if you're Mark Brunel. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, so but the thing was, Baselli's a left tackle. He's Brunel's a lefty left quarterback. That's true. You're right. right. That's true. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Randy. Which NFL Hall of Fame quarterback has the lowest touchdown total among starting quarterbacks in Canton? Touchdown passes? 
Touchdown, t- touchdown. T- yeah, touchdown passes touchdown. total. Oh, okay. Sorry, touchdown passes. Touchdown total, passes. Yes. I will do the lifeline here. I have an idea, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to just gamble on this. Okay. I'll do the lifeline. Bob Waterfield, Otto Graham, Sid Luckman. Wow. Okay, so I was going to go Bob Greasy, so I'm glad I didn't. It's Bob Greasy's. Bob Greasy's the worst Hall of Famer. Okay, there's got to be. A, he's a Hall of Famer. Tell okay? us how you really feel. There's, there's got to be a worst Hall of Famer. True. Right, and he's the worst Hall of Bob oh. Greasy's. Um, as great as Bob Waterfield was, he played behind, kind of shared time with Norm Van Brocklin for most of his career. Charlie Trippy? No, he was running back. Who was the other Charlie? What, who were the other two? Uh, Otter Graham, Sid Luckman. Sid Luck. So Sid Luckman is still the Bears' all-time leading passer, which is unbelievable. <laughs> Otter Graham had a pretty not good... Not saying much. Not really. No. I would go say, yeah. nah, not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Okay. With a guy from the 40s is your all-time yeah. leading passer. It tells you all you need to know, right? Yeah. I'm going to go Bob Waterfield here. Rex Grossman didn't get there? Shocking. <laughs> Got to Kyle a Super Orton. Bowl, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Roberto Clemente hit 240 home runs in his career with two Hall of Famers being his most common victims with six each. Ferguson Jenkins was the righty who hit si- that he hit six off of, but which Hall of Fame lefty did Roberto Clemente hit six home runs off in his career? I can only think of two, and I'm betting that one of them wasn't Sandy Koufax. So I'm going to go with Juan Marichal. All righty. Well, how about that? We got another tiebreaker. We got another tiebreaker. <laughs> Randy and Mike today getting all th- getting three of four correct. That was a very impressive job. Mike's been waiting to play the fight for years, and uh, he did a very good job getting three out of four. So we will go to the tiebreaker, how this works. Mike will uh, give us his answer audibly, but before he does that, Randy has to write down his answer. That way Randy can't change after Mike gives his answer, and then we will verbalize Randy's, and then you know both answers, and then we'll say who the winner is from there. So, Mike, are you ready for this Tiebreaker question. I am. All right. Here we go. Before their current six-year run that started in 2016, how many times did the Chiefs win their division between 2000 and 2015? How many times did the Chiefs win their division from 2000 to 2015? Yeah, I'm going to go... Wait, wait, we're going to get Randy's answer first. Oh, All right. Randy, yep. We got Randy's answer, right. yes. So for across those 16 seasons, how many times did they win their division, Mike? I'll say six. All right, and we'll see Randy's answer. I went with two. Randy went with two. Vermeil and oh. Herm Edwards. Well, we'll, we'll double-check yeah. that one, but right now we'll, we're just going off the, the hard number answer. We'll double-check your specifics that no one asked for in a moment. <laughs> just kidding, of course. Randy, did know. you... Did you lay Mike low while his kids were in the car after he waited years to finally play the fight? I'm, I'm not going to gild the lily anymore. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Just win, baby. You're an assassin, Randy. You're an absolute <laughs> assassin. Mike, you put up an incredible fight, 3-3, three three, but you went to the tiebreaker, and unfortunately, Randy hit it exactly correct on the tiebreaker. The Chiefs went going winning their division just two times, 2003 with Dick Vermeil and 2010 with Herm Edwards, only two times in that 16-year stretch that they win the division before this current run. Randy wins the fight on the tiebreaker after a 3-3 three, three tie, but Mike... Now who can argue with that? All I do is win, 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 
Mikey unloaded the clip on you after you turned your back. That was scurrilous and that was low. Carrie, Carrie wanted to hear that. Oh man, sorry you had to deal with that, Mike. Girls missed that. Well, thankfully the girls missed that, Mike. Thank you so much for your uh, um, for joining the show today. You did great. Thank you. There he is. Mike did a great, did a great, great job. job. He, so he, you just, I, I just don't. I, it's it's watching it, watching it every day in person is is. Whew. It's nothing short of amazing. I, I am I am just happy to be here. So we know they tied 3-3. <laughs> Carrie, take us through the answers for all the questions. All right. The Chiefs won the AFC West six years in a row. I mean, yeah, six years in running. Um, the last time they didn't win 2015, the Denver Broncos won the division that year. John Elway. Tony Baselli was on yesterday. He was the left tackle for the Jaguars in the AFC title game. The starting quarterback was Mark Brunel. Uh, the NFL quarterback who has the lowest touchdown total uh, for quarterbacks in Canton would be Bob Waterfield, 97 touchdowns to 128 interceptions. By the oh, way, Bob, Bob Greasy <laughs> through 192. Wow. wow. So you may have well, to change, yeah. huh? No, no he's still worse. Waterfield, <laughs> Waterfield won two championships and an MVP. Uh, okay. Uh, the, the lefty that um, Roberto Clemente did get six home runs off of, the Hall of Fame lefty, was indeed Sandy Koufax. Oh, wow. He hit yep. six off that? Fergie Jenkins and Sandy Koufax. He hit five off Bob Gibson. There's a bunch of other ones in there. Juan Marichal uh, is in there for four, I think. It's unbelievable. And then, That's of course, amazing. the tiebreaker, the Chiefs winning their division only in 0-3 and 10. I was actually incorrect. It was Todd Haley. One of his oh, okay. two years with Todd wow. Haley as the head coach. They snuck it. They won okay. the AFC so they, West. They were in a wild card with Herm then. Yes, they with were. With Trent as a quarterback. There, there exactly was one year that, that a receiver didn't catch a touchdown pass for the, for the Kansas City Chiefs. One, that, Isn't that, uh, incredible? that was that was I forget what year it was. I, Dwayne Bow was on the roster, but they had not. They didn't get a receiver to catch a touchdown pass. Phenomenal. <laughs> By the way, Bob Greasy. There was a year where they won the Super Bowl, and I think that in the three games he threw like five passes, six passes, and then seven passes. <laughs> so I'll find it. It, it might have it, it might have been six, seven, eight, but it was you're crazy. Not, you're not a fan. Not really. Nah. He did come in here and beat the Cardinals 55-14 on Thanksgiving Day of uh, 1977. <laughs> I hate him for that. On their run to the Super Bowl in 1973, he went 11 of 18 against the Bengals, 3 of 6 against the Raiders, and then 6 of 7 in a 24-7 win over the Minnesota Vikings. But they won. They did. Yeah. Thank you, Larry Zonka and Mercury Morris. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next on 101 ESPN, we've got a new game for you. It's called Over... Under, and uh, we're going to play it for football weekends. And it's your, coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. All right. Every week you know and you hear about the over-unders in football games, college and pro. And Carrie and I are going to play a little game here starting this week called Over Under. Numbers provided by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. And we're going to pick the Over Under. And then on Monday, we're well, for us on Tuesday, because my golf yep. tournament's on Monday, Alexa Dat will join Carrie. But uh, we'll determine uh, who wins and Maybe at some point we'll we'll get the old uh, wheel of misfortune spinning, oh. so that we can uh, we can actually punish a loser. Of this. <laughs> so we're going to have uh, Matthew Rocchio give us the over unders, and we've got some supplemental bets as well that are going to be just for fun. 
So, uh, Matthew, take it away. First one out of the gate with some college football. I like this one. Georgia going into South Carolina. A little battle there in the SEC. Over under 55 and a half. All right, Kerry, I'll get things started here. I uh, I just look at the the defending national champions, and I I have a little bit of respect for South Carolina, mm-hmm. but not that much. <laughs> uh, Georgia, in their first couple of games, they scored 49 in a 49-3 win over Oregon. They shut out Samford 33 to nothing. They're going to get to 42 points here, with the over-under being 55 and a half. This game is going over. I don't think there's any doubt. I, I would have said over as well. <laughs> Georgia may get to the over by themselves. <laughs> they don't need any help. Uh, I, over. Georgia is playing outstanding, and, and they are primed for another championship run. Yeah, I like both of those. Number 12 at number 25, Oregon. A little battle out there on the West Coast between two ranked teams. Over under 58.5. That seems a little low if you ask me. Um. Eh. Then let's go. Let's say over. Let's say over for then. No, you know what? I'm gonna go under. I just changed my mind that fast. I'm gonna go under. Oregon didn't put up any points. They're due for some points, obviously, mm-hmm. in their first game. But uh, I go under. I stay under with that one. And you know what? I'm Dan Lanning, who's by the way a Missouri guy, and was the defensive coordinator at Georgia. He's gonna figure things out for Oregon. And so I'm going to go with the under on that one, too. I, I don't think BYU is going to put up many points, and I don't know that Oregon's offense is ready to get going. So I'm, I'm with you, CD. We're both under on this one. I'm going over on that one. I take the over, live life. It's a, it's a little bit more fun that way. I'm, I'm, I'm overs on both right now. Got to live life a little bit more fun. Hope for touchdowns, ladies and gentlemen. Oregon did put up 70 against Eastern Washington. I'm saying. So, yeah. Again, it's, it's, Eastern, it's Washington. Eastern Washington. Yeah. 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 We'll go BYU, under. BYU's not that good. Speaking of teams that aren't that good, Kansas facing off against Houston. An old shootout-style game here over under 57.5. I'm, again, going to go over because I like fun football. And with these two teams, you rarely get that, so might as well hope for it. Mizzou fans, you might hate this. But Kansas is good. <gasps> mm. They won their opener against Tennessee Tech, fifty-six to ten. Beat West Virginia at West Virginia last week, fifty-five forty-two. That one was in overtime. This game is going way over. As a, as a matter of fact, Kansas might go over. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, fifty-seven and a half. Uh, I'm going to go against you. I'm going to go under on this one as well. We'll, we we will see how it all. How, how the numbers pan out, how they fare out on Tuesday. But I, I'm going to go under on this one. Okay, I'll be I'll be having, having my fingers crossed. I think we got a shootout here. I, I think that this 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 one might go way over. Yeah, I, I'm 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 with you on that one. And uh, I substitute your reality and I uh, put in my own when it comes to Kansas being good at football. Again. Okay, I just I'm, they, I'm they not finally gonna, found the coach. I don't know what you're talking about. And that's uh, what. Are you, well, here's what, what you got to hope as Mr. Mizzou, you got to hope that Nebraska steals their coach. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not confident in Nebraska doing anything good. That's, <laughs> that's not going to go well for them. Another ranked matchup here, USC number 7. They are hosting Fresno State over-under of 74.5. There's the big number that's a lot I was of hoping for over on the West Coast. 74.5. It's a lot of points, but they do score a lot over there on the West. Your thoughts on this one, boys? Not a lot of defense going to be played in this one. Nope. 74 and a half is a whole lot of points for a for a college football game. I'm going to say under on this one as well because even if USC is up big, you probably take out your your starters and and you know by halftime. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're going to be able to continue to run the ball or, or or beat them up, run them down like they they would have in the first half. 
Lincoln Riley loves to put up points, and he's still establishing that USC team. And even if he takes his starters out, he's got a bunch of four he and does. five star guys. He, he does that are coming into the game. And all due respect to Fresno State, I just don't think that they're going to be able to stop USC. USC is a twelve and a half point favorite. I think USC covers in that one, and I think that they go over in that one too. So you over for both of you. I went under. He went under. Sorry, I went I... under for the last three. And yeah, then you know a, what? Yeah, I know you did. There, there's a, a, <laughs> there is a prop bet here that uh, we got to look at. Yeah, I like both of these. You threw out USC twelve and a half minus twelve and a half. I like that one as well. And also USC wide receiver Jordan Addison to score two plus touchdowns. That's plus nine fifty. So it's a hundred dollar bet to win nine fifty. So pick your two pick your two USC props. USC minus twelve and a half and USC wide receiver Jordan Addison to score two plus touchdowns. Now I would take them with the twelve and a half. you said twelve and a half? I would take USC. To, to, to cover, win, I to cover. Um, under. I think I don't think Jordan Addison gets two touchdowns, and I know so he has two or more, two or more, two or two more plus. Oh well, then I'll, I'll I'll take I'll take that as well. That's free money. Yeah, I'll Jordan take Addison has scored four. Yeah. He's the, probably the best receiver in the country. He was last year. Yeah, he was. And now he's got a good quarterback and a good coach, a good great offensive coach. He's at plus nine fifty. You put a hundred dollars down to for him to score two touchdowns, you win nine fifty. Pretty good. He, that's free money. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. There's no doubt in my mind that Jordan Anderson. So we both agree that he scores two, at yes, least two, at least two. All right, I'm taking it. Why not? I mean, Rand, Randy's picking money right here on the West Coast, and I like it. USC big win. Jordan Anderson himself is going to make that twelve and a half point disappear. I'm with it on that one. Go USC all the way. I am taking the under though because right. that's a lot of points. All right, let's get quickly to the NFL. <laughs> Washington and Detroit over under forty eight point five. Well, Detroit, well, Carson Wentz against Jared Goff. I'm going to go over on this one. I will because Detroit put up a lot of points. They, uh, But they gave up a lot of points as well last mm-hmm. week. So I'm going to go over with that one. I think they, I do think they get the win, and I think they go over in, in the points. I think uh, the commanders find a way to, to get the ball to Terry McLaughlin mm-hmm. and um, – McLaurin. McLaurin. I'm thinking of Chase McLaughlin. Yeah. Uh, find a way to give him the ball. And, um, yeah, I, I'll go over on that one. I'm going to go under on this. I think Rivera will try to keep this game close and, and low scoring, and I think he'll be able to. And Dane Campbell kind of has that philosophy, too. So I'm going to go under. This, is, this, to me, looks like a, kind of a 21-17 kind of a game. Yeah, I'm not putting my money on uh, a lot of offense coming from Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. I don't care who, who the receivers are. I don't care who the coordinators are. I'm going under there. A little bit lower scoring. Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. J- famous Jameis going up, his, up against his former squad. While Tom Brady dealing with some family strife at home. Can he can he stay locked in? Over under 44.5. I'm going to go I'm gonna go under there as well. I talked about it earlier. Tampa is having some inj- been it bit by the injury bug early. Got some guys missing practice. Uh, don't know if they'll play as of now, but if you're not practicing on Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday in week two, uh, that doesn't doesn't that's not a good sign. <laughs> that's not a good sign for your football team. So I'm gonna go under. And and New Orleans plays them extremely tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are they have a hard time getting things going against New Orleans. Tampa Bay does. So I'll go under in that one. All I need to get to is 24-21. So I'm gonna go over. And he goes over. Pittsburgh is hosting the Patriots after their terrible week against the Dolphins. 40.5. It's the lowest one we got today. Over or under there, Steelers and Patriots. <sighs> Can you get to 21 20? Mac, Jones I don't think. I don't think. I don't. Yeah, I was going to say, I think New England gets you 10. And so. so did- 
Do we get Does 31 Pittsburgh out of get, the Steelers? Sounds like I, it's going to be an underfest. I think it's under. I don't know. Th- I can't count. 30, uh, no. Even though I think. 31? I wouldn't bet it. No. I wouldn't bet it. Here's the thing. I you can't get 20, count. 24 to 10 scores. But there's always a chance that Mac Jones is going to give the defense a touchdown. That, but That's why you can't <laughs> bet it. Right? I'm gonna bet it and go under. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna. Yeah, you, you're right. You can't. I'm, I'm gonna I'm, go under. I'm gonna go under, but I'm not putting you're not my putting real your, hard money on earn, it. Earn money on it. Fifty-one point five is the over/under. It's our biggest of the day between the Cardinals at the Las Vegas Raiders. Cardinals Raiders over one point five. There's not a lot of defense with these teams. I, I'm taking over on this one. I'm going over as well. Uh, Arizona has some things to correct from last week. Vegas, I think, is going to put up some more points. They um they didn't they didn't put too many points up against the uh, Chargers last week, so I'm going to go over on that one. I don't think the Cardinals have enough good offensive players to help out in this endeavor. I think that Vegas will do their part. Vegas yeah. will score their 24, 28 points. I just don't think Arizona has enough good guys right now. So you going under? I'm going under. You're yep. going under on that one? All right. And Derek Carr touchdown passes in that game over under 1.5. If I'm going to take the over, it's because he's throwing touchdown passes. I'll take, over. I'll take the over. Uh, I'm going to take the over, too. Yeah. Over. That's more free money for you. All yeah. around. And then Sunday night football, Bears at Packers over under 41.5. Can Aaron Rodgers bounce back <laughs> against a team he owns? I have. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> this one is probably the toughest one for me because the Packers are dropping passes left and right. The uh, the the Bears are. We just talked about them last segment, and and who has the all time record for the Bears quarterback mm-hmm. touchdowns? It's still a, a player from the nineteen forties. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's been a while. Um, so, eh. with that being said, I I will go. I'll still go over. <laughs> I'm going under because <laughs> because I, of because of Aaron Rodgers. I think in Green Bay with that Packer defense, I don't think Justin Fields gets his team again more than. Two touchdowns. So they're they're at 14 right there. And the Packers offense just has to prove it to me. So to get to 41, it's going to have to be beyond 21 to 14. And I don't – even 24-14 doesn't get you there. So I, uh, I'm i going to take the under on this I, one. I got it at around 28-17. Okay, so you're going over? I'm going to go over. I love this. this yep. We've got a lot of disagreement. This is a good thing. All right, let's stick with Bears and Packers for, for two more – Packers minus nine and a half in that game. We taking them in that on that spread. I just said twenty eight seventeen. So I would take a yes. Yeah, yeah I, I think it? I think yeah. the Packers cover. Yep. Yeah. Packers and Packers. All right. I'm going to take the Bears on that one. I don't think the Packers are going to cover that. And does he still own them? Aaron Rodgers to throw three tur- touchdowns against the Bears right now is plus seventy five. You bet a hundred to win one seventy five. Can he get three plus TDs against that bad Bears team? I'm going to say yes. I I, I believe that those guys uh, really worked on you know staying focused throughout the entire catch and they they were open. You know uh, they just dropped some passes. So mm-hmm. I, I I would say yes. He gets three plus. I think the Packers are going to keep it on the ground here. So I so oh. I'm going to say no. I think that. Jones and Dylan might score a couple of t- touchdowns for him getting into, into the red zone. So I'm going to say no, that he doesn't hmm. get more than three. Okay. And I'm with Randy on that one. I think I think A.J. Dillon, if you if you got A.J. Dillon on your team, you're keeping him on your roster, you keep him on the bench right now, he's going to vulture some touchdowns this week. Yep. I'd say A.J. Dillon is a smart play there in fantasy. Want to do one more? One more. I like this too. Both Tom Brady and Jameis Winston, both Tom Brady and Jameis Winston to throw three-plus touchdowns. It's a plus 800. You bet 100 to win 800. Going back to our Tampa Bay versus New Orleans, me and Randy both had the over there. Kerry took the under. So, are you rolling with those guys scoring touchdowns? I'm going to say no. I think you're going to have to say no. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm going to say no as well. I don't think both of them score or throw three t- plus touchdown passes. As you mentioned, CD, this is a diminished Tampa Bay offense yeah. right now. I don't know who he threw three touchdown passes I, to. I don't, himself. <laughs> yeah, Giselle would want him to. I'm taking. I'm taking. Yes, there's, this, this this game's going over. It's going big, and, I'm, and it's not because Leonard Fournette's scoring four touchdowns. It's not because Alvin Kamara is doing a lot of work on the ground. It's because the ball's flying through the air. I think they're going to be. I think it's going to be a defensive game. In the, yeah, in a dome. That, 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 that'll, that'll happen. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> Over Under, the numbers brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Kerry, Randy, coming up next, the Cards and Reds get ready to resume their five-game series tonight at the ballpark. The Cardinals need to come away with a victory, don't they? This next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Randy and Carrie break down the biggest story of the day on the opening drive. It's time for today's Big Thing. Brought to you by Seidenstricker Noby John Deere. Find them online at snpartners.com. Cards and Reds tonight. Jack Flaherty against TBD. And Kerry Davis, one of the things that the Cardinals need to do, in addition to winning the games, which is the first and most important thing, but they need to get Albert close to 700 so that he can take a shot on Sunday. They've got a doubleheader tomorrow, and they only plays they, they only face one left-hander. That'll be Mike Miner tomorrow. But Albert's playing against pretty much everybody. Take your shot to try to get him a home run per game or a home run per day tonight, tomorrow, so that he can go into Sunday with a chance for 700. Yeah, we talked about it when we came in, the the moment that he came up in the, in the ninth inning where you – it was almost made for TV. You yeah. were you were excited to see him with the bases loaded, um, and sack fly. Not not the end result we wanted. Got to run across, um, but it's it's really on Albert. The more opportunities he gets, the more chances he'll have to hit that hit that home run and 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 build that number up. Um, it was a it was an bad. I think in the seventh inning where he was visibly frustrated by a pitch that was inside uh, and he, he you could hear him say that was inside talking mm-hmm. to the ump and uh, he ended up striking out on that at bat I think if he had that moment back because he stepped out of the box to kind of uh, refocus and center himself. I think if he could have that at bat back, he probably would have would have taken a better opportunity that in that moment. But just getting the the, the chances, the at bats, the plate appearances, it's gonna it's gonna happen. Yeah, it, it's gonna happen. We don't know when, we don't know where, we don't know you know who it'll be against, but it's gonna happen. He just has to get those at bats and and you know when the time arises, you know I think it's just. It's 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 coming. Yeah. The other thing that's going to happen is that Paul Goldschmidt's going to get hot again. Every yeah. player over the course of a six month season goes through a slump. In the last couple of weeks, he has gone through his. Is he going to be as hot as he was in winning a Player of the Month award or winning multiple Player of the Week awards? Probably not. But can he beat Paul Goldschmidt and every week for you hit three twenty five and hit a couple of home runs and drive in? Seven or eight runs a week. Yeah, that's the... Well, that'll win him player of the week again, probably. <laughs> but, but that's... Unfortunately for him, that's the bar that he's set. So right. when he's not at that level, then people are, are worried about it. But he's going to be fine. And I think last night, getting that RBI double yeah. was a, a big step for him in coming out of this little bit of a lull. Yeah, one for three. And, and getting like you said, getting that RBI double uh, should have been two. We got thrown out at home. But, yep. you know, those opportunities will come again. And, and he'll get he'll he'll start warming up as we get closer to the playoffs. By the way, a 7-15 start tonight 
on a Friday night game. Danny Mack will have the call for you on Valley Sports, and it'll be fun to hear. Hopefully, Albert hit number 698 tonight. Big news coming up from St. Louis City SC. We're going to be joined by Lutz Fahnensteel, their director of sport, and another guest to talk about what's going on next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And exciting news for St. Louis City SC. Joining us right now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, Director of Sport for St. Louis City SC, Lutz Fahnensteel, and Dr. Robert Brophy from the BJC WashU Orthopedic Clinic. And Lutz, first of all, thanks for joining us this morning. Good to have you with us. How are you doing? All good. All good. Busy day, but a lot of fun. And a really busy and exciting day because BJC is going to be represented on the first team jersey's right sleeve. We know Purina is going to be on the front of the jersey. But also, the name of the training facility for St. Louis City SC will be the Washington U Orthopedics High Performance Center. Dr. Brophy, thank you for taking some time with us. And this is exciting news for you guys, isn't it? Very much so. Thanks for having me. And let's start with this, because you're also going to be the official uh, provider of health care for the franchise. And I know that uh, in a soccer town like St. Louis, you guys have such great knowledge of soccer injuries over the years and how to keep players healthy. How will this relationship, Dr. Brophy, manifest itself with St. Louis City SC? Well, I think we're here just to support Lutz and the ownership and the team in terms of their efforts to create an excellent franchise and succeed on the field. Uh, So we're there to to help uh, ideally prevent injuries and then obviously treat uh, injuries as they come up and help get their athletes uh, back on the field as soon as possible. Hey, Lutz, I wanted to ask you, how does it how does having the uh, facilities that you all have now, how does that help with the the players? And and they said the injury prevention, but also just the mindset of of going into a place that is new and and pristine and, and all of the things that come with that. You know, I think it's it's great to to have our home uh, finally uh, right next to the stadium, which is uh, which is amazing. And we always said, you know, we want to be innovative. Uh, that's, that's something uh, the club uh, wants to stand for in the future. Now, having found a partner uh, with BJC, um, with um, Dr. Robert Profi, which is an absolute specialist when it comes to, to sports injuries as well. I think, um, yeah, it all really comes together because for us, it's important to have healthy players, to have the... I would call it, when it comes to sports medicine, the most modern, innovative approach. And I think you can't find a better partner. And uh, yeah, Lutz, one of the things that you've talked to us about before, and we know that St. Louis City is really involved in the community and being a co-sponsor of the City Sprint 5K and having health and wellness classes, especially for kids, nutrition education. Carrie is a uh, high school football coach, is so well aware of the need for nutrition education, plus volunteer programs. Dr. Brophy, I know that this is something that you you guys have been involved with for a long time. It's great to be able to collaborate, isn't it, with a franchise that is has the same values in those regards as you do? Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, as Lutz refers to, it's a great organization. They're innovative. They're forward thinking. They keep the community in mind and they really have a holistic approach uh, to the team and the community. And we're very excited to be working with them. 
Hey, Lewis, as director of sport, how excited are you to be here in St. Louis and, and for this team to get rolling and get things started? Yeah, very much so. You know, I mean, it's, uh, as you said before, all the little bits and pieces things falling together now. We have lots of our first team players here, you know, having our, our health partner uh, finalized, having moving in the facility and basically starting training down there now every day. I think it's just a, a great, uh, um, yeah, I will call it tryout for the next season when we're starting again. Uh, we're, learning, we're learning our moves. We know exactly how we want it to be. And I think it's, uh, yeah, definitely the key to success to, to combine everything. It's not just, you know, playing good football, winning games out there, but you need healthy players, not just physically, but also mentally. And uh, all that is now combined in that facility, which is definitely a standout facility internationally, and we're all very proud about that. And I want you to talk about, because I think you talked about yesterday, how this, we always hear about state-of-the-art facilities. This facility is different, really, than anything else in the world, with your practice facility and your stadium. What, in your mind, Lutz, sets this apart? You know, we put a lot of a lot of work, and especially a lot of thought in that facility, um, and uh, it's all about the flow. I think you can put in Plenty of things with the nicest tools, but if they're not in the right order, not in the right flow, uh, players will not use it, and uh, it's literally a waste of uh, of equipment down there. So we put that effort in that, number one, we wanted to have a building where the professional teams and the academy all under one roof. We managed that with an L-shape, where rubbing the shoulders, seeing where you can go, if you improve, if you develop, is one of the things. But then, of course, um, as you mentioned, we want to be as modern as possible uh, when it comes to the gymnasium, when it comes to uh, nutrition, when it comes to the, the medical equipment, all that all together under one roof is unique. And normally, even the biggest clubs in the world, they're having the training facility somewhere outside the city, miles and miles away from the stadium. We are the fortunate ones to be right in the city center, beautiful stadium on the right side, a great facility on the left side. I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. But it's all about really giving the players, the youngsters and the professional players, the best possible conditions to to develop, to get better, and doing a great job. One thing for each of you gentlemen, Dr. Brophy, I want to start with you. As you and your orthopedic team embark on this, it seems to me, just in watching sports over the years, that there are unique things to allow a soccer player to stay healthy. Can you give us an idea of uh, some of the things that, as you work with these SC training staff, some of the things you do to keep players healthy rather than having to deal with injuries as a reactive measure? That's a great question. I think soccer is a great sport. It's a combination of really the endurance sport and the power sport. So it's not just short bursts, uh, but it's also the endurance and the ability to do that over a long term. So I think uh, you have to prepare in terms of your conditioning, focusing on specific muscle groups, stretching, balance, and I think working with Lutz and his team and the conditioning experts uh, really is important in terms of optimizing fitness and minimizing risk for injury specifically to the demands of soccer. And Lutz, as uh, we, we wrap this up, you have now BJC and WashU Orthopedics. Uh, Centene is sponsoring the stadium. You've got Purina on the front of the jersey. When you came here, you knew that St. Louis was a soccer-mad community. Can you just give us an idea of what it's been like for you as you've dealt with corporate St. Louis to support this franchise? Yeah, I mean, you know, you feel it out there that everybody can't wait for that first uh, home game, for the first MLS season to kick off. Everybody is very supportive. 
um, you know, talking to, to people on the street, uh, going for dinner, but also talking to companies. Everybody wants to have a piece of it, uh, which, which is great. And uh, all the support from the media, from you guys, is tremendous. So I think everybody really wants us to succeed. Everybody looks forward to that day. And, you know, I think it's a, a great opportunity for us and for the whole city of St. Louis to prove to everybody else out there in the country that we are the stock capital. And we will make sure people will feel that once they're playing here against us. Gentlemen, congratulations on this partnership. We can't wait until next year this time when St. Louis City SC is actually playing. But this is a big part of it. Congratulations. Thank you. And have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. That is Lutz Fadensteel. He is the director of sport for St. Louis City SC and Dr. Robert Brophy from BJC Wash U Orthopedics. By the way, I didn't mention that Lou Fuse has joined the team as one of their founding partners at St. Louis City SC. Anheuser-Busch, we know, was going to be involved, and they are, their, they are the official beer sponsor of St. Louis City SC. So corporate St. Louis... Kerry has really jumped in with both feet into this endeavor. Yeah, it's definitely a, a great thing to have uh, another professional team here. And, and we know in St. Louis how much they love soccer. We love soccer. So it, it's definitely great to have a, a football club here. Randy, I, I'll give you a quick story. I One of the hardest workouts I've ever done, I used to train out in, in Chesterfield when I was playing, uh, and we would train with the soccer players one time. And they have this thing called the beep test, which would it beeps and you run and you have to beat the beep. And I was almost ready to uh, pass out. Really? Yeah, it was on a Friday. And by the end of it, I, 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 I was ready to give up everything that I had eaten that day. And I called my trainer on Monday and said, yeah, I'm still not okay. <laughs> I'll see you on Tuesday. Yeah, it was, Chris, no, Chris, you listening. I know you listen. Yes, he, he can he can verify that. It was a it was a rough day for me. That, that beat test for the <laughs> soccer players. Those soccer players out there know exactly what I'm talking about. All right, he's talking food. Soccer players, what's food and soccer players? What's bigger in Mexico than food and soccer players? Guacamole. Randy, <laughs> Carrie, how you doing? So, Polo is in the air now here at ESPN 101. <laughs> Congratulations. Polo Good luck. Hey, I, yeah, I, can, I can do this Everybody myself, knows Randy. Polo. Hey, I just walked in here. They let me in here. I've been roaming all the studios here at Harbor Stations and, um, Good morning. What else you have, Matt? Good morning. Good morning, Paul. So, you, is your daughter disappointed because Cracker, uh, uh, Cracker and Salmon, Salmon is she is in the morning right now. She's yeah. a month. Okay. She's gonna yeah. wait a month okay. until she listens to you. I'm Paul. By the way, nice <laughs> to meet you. How are you? How are you? I'm, I'm Kerry. Nice to meet you. Cardinal Spanish language broadcaster, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis. By oh, the way, hey, with the hey, hey, oh. anyway, but can he make a mean guacamole at eight in the morning at the KC Studios? You are the King, Polo. Okay. I, none of us can. Like I cannot. You can. This guacamole, in case I didn't tell the story before, uh, Yadier Molina has requested me a few times to his house uh, to make this guacamole. Okay. So I mentioned this uh, last time I was with our friends at KC, Men and AD. Mm-hmm. And uh, AD saw me the other day here when I came to visit and shoot uh, Patrico and the buttocks because yeah. he doesn't know football <laughs> and I do. He, he thought, let's invite a Mexican. He knows soccer, not football. He knows football, not football. I'm like, you have a, you don't even know what's coming. But anyway, I, I shot him once. Hopefully next week, two times. Okay. Um, so uh, the guacamole. So AD invited me. I bought the, I, I made it right next to me. I don't know. There's a little guacamole in my nails. I don't know if you can Tremendous. see it, Randy. <laughs> but anyway, um, 
Before I leave, I want you to taste it. Okay, okay. this you is know, a must. Everybody likes it so much so far, and we're mm -hmm. celebrating Mexican Independence Day today. So oh, Viva oh, Mexico. Of there you go. Do you have a mariachi song Still, or something? I, I didn't have a final. Don't start yelling, yeah, 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 because no. that's not cool. Of course not. We, of course we not. obviously do the 4th of July with barbecues. What is Independence Day in Mexico? Oh, What's the man. celebration like? It's, it's uh, 4th of It's Okay. There's fireworks here, over there. There's no fireworks. There's guns. There's <laughs> I'm not even kidding. There's. It's a party. Okay. Mexican Independence Day was... Um, the, 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 the battle started midnight on September 15th. So September 15th, midnight... What's up, Moon? Has Moon ever been here? <laughs> Moon from the Ritz Show just came over to you from Guacamole. He's one of the all-time greats. I'm telling you. My fiance is from Juarez, Mexico. So Juarez. I, she, she, from she, where? Juarez. 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 Ciudad Juarez. Ciudad Juarez. Okay, when you go no. home tonight or when you see her next, may honey, Ciudad Juarez. <laughs> and she'll be, I love it. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so, yeah, no, it's a big party. Again, mm -hmm. the, the, the battle for independence started on September 15th at midnight okay. inside a church because, yeah, because the government back then, they had, you know, the Mexican people down and a no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. So church and, and, and politicians or, or government, they didn't go hand to hand in Mexico. So a, uh, a priest, Miguel Hidalgo, he started this revolution at his church. Like, because the government couldn't go in there. They closed the doors. They will talk about, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And back then, they used the flag they used to go into independence against Spain and, and France, actually, not Spain, France. It was a, a, um, a, a picture of uh, La Virgen de Guadalupe, our version of the Virgin Mary, mm -hmm. uh, Mexican uh, Virgen de Guadalupe. So that's officially, people call that the first flag of Mexico. And that's how it started September 15th. So into September 16th, the party starts September 15th. Uh. So right now, everybody <laughs> in my, my hometown in Tijuana, they've been partying for the last, what is it? It's 9.30 for at least 12 hours, and it's not going to end. Is yeah. it Corona, by the way? Is, is Corona the beer of choice in Tijuana? Corona is the beer of choice of America. Corona <laughs> is the, the brand that uh, started with the Cinco de Mayo celebration. In Mexico, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, Carrie is like, okay, enough uh, talking. Yeah, 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 let's hear the crunch. Let's hear the crunch. Oh, that was good. That was good in that sound. Everybody says, Matthew. Do you watch your hands, Matt? So, I've heard uh, Polo Polo Asensio has uh, stormed our studio, which we're very happy <laughs> about. Hey, I can leave and take the walk. No, 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 no. Stay. Keep staying. Stay here. Stay here. But we, I, I've heard that we here, and I think you might have even been, been the one that told me, that we overdo Cinco de Mayo Extremely. here in America. Yeah. And In Mexico, Cinco de Mayo is, yeah, yes, Cinco de Mayo. Okay. You know, like Taco Tuesday is just... Martes or a Tuesday. Somebody uh, else. Uh, I, I think they need you. They need you. They need you. It's called. Before we go, Randy, you need to try it. And I, try I, I will, and we need to let you go to Casey, but I want you to know, and I want every, everybody in St. Louis to know, it's very important that Polo Asensio calls number 700. Wherever it is, I want Polo Asensio to call Albert Pool's 700th home run. Me too. Good. And I'll do it for free. <laughs> All so right. 101 ESPN, give me a microphone. If nobody else has, let's do it from the road. Amigos, happy Mexican Independence Day. Thank, Thank you. you. One last chip before I go. Have a great oh, weekend. One more. Uno más. Yeah, uh, this is good.
Uh, and coming up next, we've got Rock and Roll on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. It is time for Rock and Roll. Before that, though... A chance to win a pair of free tickets to see Luke Combs at Bush Stadium on June 17th, 2023. That's right, 2023, June 17th. He's coming to Bush Stadium. Tickets on sale in 18 minutes with uh, it, by just going to cardinals.com and you can get your Luke Combs tickets, but you can get them right now. Text 65780 if you know the answer to this question. And you have to be called uh, texter number 22, texter number 22 that knows the answer to this question. What was the last name of the center fielder of the famous 1927 Yankees? What was the last name of the center fielder for, of the 1927 Yankees? Just the last name. If you want tickets to see Luke Combs at Bush Stadium on June 23rd. Is 27 the murder? Is 27 murders row? Murders row, baby. That's what I thought. <laughs> yep. And you can also find a bonus chance to win at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 mobile app. And we'll give you the answer to that question here in a few minutes once we get the correct answer to 65780. You know, 1927 murders row Yankees. We, I wasn't going to roll with this topic right off the bat, but I kind of want to now that you brought it up. Whatever happened to nicknames in sports? Randy Carriker, I see that to you, and I know you shake your head and you say, what are you talking about? I, I, what have I been trying to do on this show you know, for years is try to give good nicknames. nicknames. But things like the Gas House Gang, Murderer's Row, even stuff like the Purple People Eaters <laughs> show on turf, up, in, up in Minnesota, greatest show on turf 20 years ago. Whatever happened to great sports nicknames? That is a very good question. I, Purple People Eater is... It, God, that so is good. that is, you know the um I think the orange the, crush defense in Denver yeah, the steel yeah. curtain the steel, steel curtain. curtain there's some some pretty good names there are I guess people aren't as creative as they once were I mean you had the Legion of Boom a few years yeah, back yeah that was good that was a good one I I, I like that one and the uh, Legion of Zoom in Kansas there you City, go which was yeah fun. yeah or even stuff like when uh remember when uh. Carolina had like three different running backs, and they called them Smash, Flash, and Dash. Like even stuff mm-hmm. like that, in, like the like the 2006, whenever that was, it was like Jonathan Stewart, DeAndre Williams, and Stephen Davis. It was fun. I yeah. think I think the Minnesota uh, Vikings offensive line called themselves a couple of years. What they were uh, nicknamed the Minnesota Moving Company. That's a good that's one. Cool. Yeah. That, see, now that sounds yeah. like something from the 30s. Yeah. That's a great I think that was a couple name. of years ago when they they had that nickname. I, I haven't heard any any great nicknames. But people don't stay around long well, enough. That's probably part of it, to, part to, of it to have the, the same people. Yeah, nobody plays great defense anymore. There, there you go. So there's right. no great defenses to give <laughs> names to. Yeah. So it's pretty tough. But uh, one thing I did want to talk about, this was really cool. So Roberto Clemente Day was Thursday, and I thought this was really impressive. The Tampa Bay Rays put out a lineup that we've never seen before. Nine Latin players, mm. their whole lineup. Yandy Diaz, Randy Orozarena, Wander Franco, Harold Ramirez, Manuel Margot, David Peralta, Isaac Paredes, Rene Pinto, and Jose Siri. All nine starters, as well as the base coaches, Chris Prietro and Rodney Linares, wore 21, and it was incredible. Five countries, Colombia, Cuba, Mexico, Venezuela, and the Dominican Republic, all shown. I thought that was an incredible moment, not just for Roberto Clemente Day, but just for baseball overall, what a great gesture by the race. For those men as well to yes, be a part of that, to, to, to don the 21 and and to be able to go out there and, and represent all of the things that he represented mm-hmm. uh, in Major League Baseball. I'm, I'm 
I'm sure that was a special moment for them. Yeah, it was 51 years ago that the Pirates fielded the first team with all people of color. They had Rennie Stennett, Gene Kleins, Roberto Clemente, Willie Stargell, Manny Sanguian, Dave Cash, Al Oliver, Jackie Hernandez, and Doc Ellis was the pitcher. And that was the first and only time in, well, at that point mm-hmm. in uh, sports history that there wasn't a white face in a starting lineup. And to see the advancements that Latin people and players have made in Major League Baseball is really heartening. I love that you had that, by the way. I In my pocket, in case... You guys both got that Chiefs question right. In my pocket was, who was the first Major League Baseball team to uh, to field a uh, all non-player, non-white lineup, essentially, was, yeah. was the question. And you, you had he would have right gotten that correct. He would have well. had, had it well, right there. There's no yeah. trivia that right stumps Randy. No, I, we haven't not. found. Only thing that stumps Randy is how many touchdowns did uh, Mike Vrabel score in his career. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing that I've seen yeah. really <laughs> irritate. Yeah. But he knows now and he won't miss it again. No. That's the one that carries used to make fun of my five questions like four times. By the way, I heard an interview with Al Oliver who was playing first base for that team. He said, we're on the field in the first inning, and I'm looking around and saying, hey, this is an all-brother lineup. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. I love that so that's much. Pretty cool. One last yeah. little story about Major League Baseball. Minor League Baseball, I guess I should be talking about, gets unionized and the union it put, gets put under the MLBPA. Obviously, this means a lot. Housing, things like that, giving these guys a better lifestyle through their minor league career overall. I, speaking of the of, of the everything with the Rays, just a good thing for baseball. This is a good look for baseball. It shouldn't have taken this long, but I'm not going to grandstand it and, and and you know swap their nose for it taking this long. We'll just focus on the fact this is good for Major League Baseball overall because it's good for the minors. And without the minors, you're never the same. And I think Major League Baseball finally realized that when they contracted it a few years ago. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, the, it, it, I think it's cool that when the Major League players go down, how how much they help out the minor leaguers, whether mm-hmm. it be with food or or you know travel or things of that nature um, but to be to have a union to have everybody finally on the same page and working towards the work, working towards a common goal is going to be truly beneficial for those uh, young men and older men that are still in the minors working all right I'm rock thanks for rolling uh, great job oh. the <laughs> Yankees primary defensive lineup in 1927 had Lou Gehrig at first Tony Lazari at second Joe Dugan at third uh, or yeah he, he was at third uh, one of the all-time underrated players Mark Koenig was the shortstop for that team Babe Ruth in left Bob Musil in right Earl Combs was the center fielder for the 27 Yankees I don't know if he's related to Luke but I know that he was the 27 Yankees center fielder and congratulations to Greg from St. Charles who knew that he's right. getting some tickets to Luke Combs Pat Collins was the uh, the catcher for that team, and uh, I can tell you this, that Earl Combs was a guy who threw right-handed. Mm. Left-handed hitter, right-handed thrower. <laughs> Coming up next, we're going to head down the stretch as we get ready for a little balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax coming up on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We love our texters because you guys are what make the show. You listen to the show, you participate in the show, and that's what makes it so much fun. And our first week here has been great because you guys 
uh, and gals have taken to Carrie so quickly, and I know that you've really enjoyed the interaction with the listeners so far. I enjoy it. I have a, I, I, I appreciate their opinions, even when I uh, may not agree with them. But they are. You have your. You have the right to your own opinion, and you know Randy does a good job of making sure we uh we get your your thoughts and and feelings recorded on the air. It's the greatest <laughs> thing about sports is that it's just it's not that serious that you need to get upset over a long period of time. And you you can walk away smiling. Uh, but we do have a texture this morning who is just apoplectic <laughs> over last night's cardinal loss. Last night was a pathetic loss and you guys are cowards to to not call it that. I wish you guys had the guts to call the loss last night pathetic. Can you imagine this person on a Monday after an NFL Oh, loss? my God. <laughs> There's a lot of these games. We, we're winding down, but ma'am, sir, please, relax. It's, it's, it's we, one. We didn't call it a great loss. We didn't say it was a good loss. It was a loss, and there are four more t- opportunities to play the Reds here in the next few days. And uh, I actually said I, I think they should win the next four. So, you know, yeah. that's how we feel. I'm, I'm with you. They, they should win the next four. We have a big weekend of college. And pro football here on 101 ESPN tomorrow. Georgia and South Carolina pregame at 10:30 in the morning. Kickoff at 11 for Georgia and South Carolina, and BYU and Oregon kicks off at 2:30 here on 101 ESPN. Then Sunday, the noon game: Patriots and Steelers. If you're driving around, tune into that one. Our 3:25 game: Texans and Broncos. And then Sunday night football: the Packers and the Bears. So five play-by-play football games. Over the course of the weekend here on 101 ESPN. A lot of things to get into this weekend and a lot of games to to pay attention to and see how your favorite team uh, does. I'll be watching my Steelers at some point, seeing if they can handle these Patriots, which which they they should be able to. It shouldn't be that big of an issue. No, it shouldn't be. And Mac Jones is going to throw it to the team with black and gold on. And he's got a less than mediocre head coach on the opposite sideline. Exactly. I mean, what has he done without Tom Brady, right? Nothing. 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 So there you go. (laughs) There you go. I've got my golf tournament, so I'm going to be out on Monday. And I want to thank my friends at Keurig Dr. Pepper. They're providing the soft drinks. Gray Eagle Distributors, these people are so loyal and they stick with me. It benefits... Every Child's Hope, which is at 170 in the Rock Road, and it's really an all-encompassing area for kids between the ages of 2 and 18 who who don't have their parents in their lives. They get taken care of, and this is a place that provides shelter and food and clothing and education and mental health and wellness and entertainment because they're there on the campus. So that's what Every Child's Hope does. And Dr. Pepper, Gray Eagle providing the beer, Pot Belly providing the lunch year after year. Uh, I've got so many friends that are helpful with the golf tournament over at Old Hickory and the folks at Old Hickory and Golf Discount are unbelievable with the way they help out and I can't thank them enough for being a part of it. So I'll be out on Monday for the golf tournament and Alexa Dat will be in with you and you yep. guys will have fun. We'll have a great time. I haven't met her yet and look forward to working with her and uh, i sure she has a lot of baseball stories that we can dig into and, and go over and we'll have fun on, on Monday morning. Yep. Great job this week by our producer engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. And CD, what do you got going tonight? Uh, look, look, the high school football. Hayeswood Central versus the uh, Kirkwood Pioneers. And at Kirkwood, if you plan on, need something to do t- tonight, come by and check us out. Go Hawks. <laughs> and we thank you for tuning in, texting, and being a part of the show. Till Monday morning at 7 for Matthew and Carrie and Alexa. Have a great weekend, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. 
On November 13th, it's the dawning of a new era when the NFL debuts in Germany, live on NFL Network. Brady and the Bucks. Touchdown, Tampa Bay! DK and the Seahawks. Puts the ball up, making a catch! Wake up and watch with the world. It's Sunday morning football, live from Munich. Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network. Peloton, let's go! This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.